Now for something completely different. What year is this? For your own safety, please keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Set your phasers to stun, your sonic screwdrivers to analyze mode, and keep your towels handy. It's time to let your inner nerd come out and play. And they mostly come at night. Mostly. This is Geeky Gals and Guys. With Michelle and Miles. Trace the call. It's coming from inside the house. The Suze and Kenny. Don't get goofy on me. And some guy named Curtis. Who is he? What is he? Where does he come from? This is a party I would go to. Okay, great. And now it's time for Geeky Gals and Guys. Take it away, gang. What? We're still doing this thing? Alright. I guess so. You're stuck with us, everybody. Welcome to Geeky Gals and Guys for 9-13-2020. And of course, uh, Curtis, he's here. That's real nerd stuff coming at you tonight. Oh, we come yeah. With all kinds of esoteric knowledge. Like, Kenny, did you know that Billy Joel's father's name was Billy Jorel? Nice. I didn't know that. That's great. So, <laughs> and- Did Kurt say something? <clears throat> he did. Stop oh. that. And, of course, uh, that snark was from Miles. Hello, Miles. Yes, hello. And Michelle, not far behind. Hello. Hello. And our special guest for all three hours tonight, the one and only Zelda McGregor, Dr. Z. Welcome. Hello. Excellent. Thanks for being here. Little known fact, uh, how did I meet Zelda? When she was working at a comic shop. That's right. Yeah. So. I was the girl. Um, you were the person who worked there who had good taste as well. <laughs> so, uh, and Suze is here. She's here in the Nick O time. Welcome, Suze. Suze? Hello, I'm here. No, Can okay. you hear me? No, I can't. I'm speaking. Nope. Oh, gosh no, darn not. it. All I'm right. not muted. So, no, anyway. Dramatic pause. <laughs> we have... A lot of stuff to talk about. We got fun and games and trivia tonight. Uh, I'm going to do a uh, revisit a lost classic of mine, which is called, uh, of course, uh, what, what do we call it? The graphic content, except it's going to be graphic content trivia tonight, everyone. Uh, uh, it, don't worry, it's multiple choice. So you guys will uh, all have a fighting chance to see if, uh, if you can compete. And the thing is, I'm not sure, but I think I, I use the same music that I use for... Um, Paul's memory banks promo for this. <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, so anyway, l- welcome everybody, and thank you, Zelda, for joining us. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, a lot of a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. Um, this uh, and uh, I mean, it's just been a zany week. Um, I'm I got some other fun stuff I'm working on. I'm a little scatterbrained right now because I've been working with some people from Migo, uh, the Migo Ambassador Group. Uh, people in good standing with the company Migo, who aren't a bunch of shit talkers on Facebook. Uh, we're working on something, and uh, that'll be uh, loosely associated with uh, Radio for Humans. So that's something to look for, and it'll involve video as well. So uh, it's going to be a lot of a lot of fun stuff. We're going to be uh, uh, talking crafting and, and customizing, and not only that, but do product reviews and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, so that's something I'm working on and, uh, yeah, anybody see, I I know things have been, uh, kind of newsworthy, fast and furious lately, not the, the fast and furious franchise. They haven't heard much about that in a while. 
Um, but uh, <laughs> have you seen anything floating around out there, entertainment news-wise, that's uh, noteworthy? Oh, the Dune trailer came out, Miles. Did you see it? Did I? <laughs> did I? Oh, he lived man, it. Did that look good? He ruined oh, it. Oh yeah. Uh, that's what? right. You were the first first person to share that with me. That's right. So give us your first impressions, being our resident Dune head. Well, um, my the first thing I looked that made me go, oh, you know, when I when I was watching it was there's something called shield fighting. There are body shields. These are uh, um, like personal force fields, if yeah. you will. And there was a quick, very brief scene of a very famous scene in the in the Dune book where shield fighting is happening. And uh, you can see the CGI going off. I mean, the old school one by Lynch, mm-hmm. you know, back in the 80s, that looked good for, you know, what it was. But now it looks a lot more... I'm going to use the word felt. It just looks slim and graceful, and but like, yeah. ooh, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, that was it, my first thing. The, yeah, I, I do have a warm, I get warm fuzzies for what Lynch did with those shields. And, and, and I, I loved how weird they were, but, you know, obviously they seemed very clunky. Um, and so I can see how you would appreciate something that, that is more, um, you know, uh, less of a boxy thing and more of a you know an actual field around one's body. You know, yeah, it 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 it, it looked good. It, I'm literally the the trailer shows maybe two to three seconds of it, but yeah. I recognized it for what it was, and it was just like, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, d- d- who else saw the Dune trailer? I did. Oh. I did yeah. Yeah, what were you guys' uh, takeaways from it? I did. What um, did you think, well, Michelle? Here's my take on it, and I don't know okay. what it's worth, but uh, it, and, and I like him. I, I really, really do like Jason Momoa, but lately he's made a lot of money just being Jason Momoa in movies. Does anybody get you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it, yeah. It's indiscernible whether he's Conan or Aquaman or you know what I mean. Uh, I. I don't know when that's going to run out of steam because that's hardly Duncan Idaho in my uh, mindset, but I don't know this material Never. as well. I want to pay uh, for it. Clearly. For it. Yeah. It, it should have been Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all this role really entails? Like, you know, just be a buff bro. You know, is that what you're bringing to this? I can for the ladies. I can right. for the ladies. There's nothing wrong with that. I really enjoy watching him. But, but you know. I think more importantly, a buff bro who's also a feminist, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's cool. Absolutely cool. Um, but I I saw this little bit, and I'm going to put it in uh, the uh, chat here. It was a, a tweet. I haven't looked to see if it's even David Lynch, but uh, there's a a tweet from David Lynch that made me laugh until I cried. And uh, it's a picture of the end of the worm. <laughs> and it's a David Lynch saying, dear Twitter friends, at least I didn't give the worms butthole mouse. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, it's, but you know, it, it is creepy looking though. It is creepy. <laughs> so there it, aren't a lot of like, you know, very charismatic looking butthole mouse. Yeah. You know? When there's a huge butthole mouth coming at you, it's scary. Yeah. 
So, uh, scary. Anybody else have anything on the Dune trailer? Uh, um, I like the look of the Harkonnens. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. look, they look they look amazing, and the armies, nice. and it just, uh, and 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 of course the 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 Bene Gesserits, Gesserits with yeah. the uh, the the the, the Gamjabar, whatever yes. it is, yes, correct, and the box. Can't wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, there was a, a trailer that was put out that did a side-by-side of the scenes from the uh, Lynch movie and in the new trailer that was kind of cool. Um, so if anybody gets a chance to check that out, uh, do it. Um, I, d- has anybody heard uh, the, the, the news of the Batwoman? No. Mm-mm. Well... Uh, as everybody knows, Ruby Rose uh, left the role of Catwoman. I think a lot of it, and I can't confirm this, but I think a lot of her decision was because of online bullying, um, <clears throat> which sucks if that is the case. Because, again, these incels and, and, and little trolls out there who, you know, go after women, you know, and especially, you know, going after, uh, you know, a lesbian, too. And, you know, it's like, it's like, shocker, did you know that Kate Kane was a lesbian in the comics? She was. You know? And uh, she still is. But uh, the role, uh, the, we're going to get an African-American Batwoman. No. Javisha. I know what you're laughing at. I know what you're laughing at. Go ahead. Do that. I'll just say, so these incels are like, yeah, just, woo, we totally, and then the new one gets announced, and you can just see their balloon go. (laughs) Oh, no, I get it. I get it. But uh, a quick uh, quick article uh, from CBR on this, uh, the actress's name is uh, Javisha Leslie, Um it says, uh, Bat- uh, Batwoman star explains the difference between Kate Kane and Ryan Wilder. Because uh, apparently Ryan Wilder is the character's name. And uh, and I don't know if she was originally in, but this was a release of the DC fandom, this information, over this, this past weekend. Um, but uh, it says, Batwoman's uh, Javisha Leslie explains how the socio-economical differences between Ryan Wilder's upbringing and Kate Kane's will initially make it hard for Ryan to bond with uh, the Kane family during uh, DC Fandom's Batwoman Season 2 panel. The Batwoman panel featured uh, cast members Rachel Scarston, uh, Megan Tandy, Cameron Johnson, and Nicole Kang, uh, and also included executive producers Caroline Dries and Sarah Schechter. Uh, Leslie was asked during the panel, how will the new character bond with the Kane family? She responded that Ryan, who won't immediately be well-liked, nor will she immediately take a liking to the Kane family. Uh, Ryan's future uh, conflict with the Kane family goes deeper than uh, being about Jacob Kane's anti-vigilante beliefs or suspicion on the timeliness of her arrival following Kate's disappearance. So, And it also said that the series will explain Kate Kane's disappearance as well. I don't know if Ruby Rose will make some cameos early on. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't watch the CW series. I admire what they're doing. I, I want to say series. I don't watch any of them. I watched The Flash at, at the beginning, and then that was it. Never watched Arrow. Never watched any of that. 
Um, I, I appreciate what they're doing. One of these days, I'm you know when I'm sixty, I might binge watch them all. I don't know. Um, but maybe if we have a pandemic and I lose my job, I could you know sit down. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> but uh, but now I, I think this is a this is a a, a positive step. Uh, I, I you know in it, when you were working at the comic book store, um, Zelda that the Batwoman series was just coming out. Yeah. And it was I think it was a beautifully done series. I have probably the first um, I want to say few dozen issues, maybe 50 issues, something like that. Um gorgeously uh, illustrated, uh, well written. Um and I thought it would actually translate well into into television and you know now it, again it's sad they have driven away the the you know Ruby Rose as the iconic character of Kate Kane again I can't confirm or deny but she got a lot of online harassment um and uh, what but form? It, does anybody know what they were harassing her for it's for being a woman and being gay is that it? Like it was because she was gay? Like well, probably because she. Her, I, I'm assuming maybe her boobs weren't big enough or something like that, no. or she had tattoos. Oh, I don't know. There was, a, there was some body shaming. Anything. Absolutely. Anything. The same shit they belt. did to oh, Gal, uh, yeah. Gal Gadot. You know, the same thing they did to Gal Gadot, saying, "Oh, Wonder Woman has big boobs." It's like, okay, well, Gal Gadot is going to be Wonder Woman, and Gal Gadot is Gal Gadot. So get the fuck over yourself. <laughs> and go. There are people that flipped out over Wonder Woman in pants. Like they, there was a production photo of her in like Wonder Woman pants, and they were yeah. pissed about that. Yeah. I think that might have been the TV show. Ooh. But but so Zelda, this is oh, a okay. this is a good way to flip things on on their head by you know recasting and, and making again an African American uh, female, well African American Batwoman. Yeah, I agree. I think it's pretty good. I am still concerned about the abuse that'll come that way. And you're going to get it under their usual guise of like, well, if representation matters, so does accuracy. And how come Barbara Gordon isn't, you know, whatever. Well, Barbara Gordon isn't Batwoman and they still haven't figured that one out. And they're also fictional characters. Yeah, Um, I mean, there's that. Yeah. You know, and... and and another yeah, and Scarlett uh, Johansson uh, isn't Asian either, but I didn't see them bitching about those movies. <laughs> yeah, uh, incels don't care about that. Um, but uh, and she also this this is going to generate a little controversy too. She she also confirmed her new suit will include naturally textured hair for for an African American woman too. So awesome. Um, so you know it, it's not going to be you know no goofy red wig or anything like that to try and fool people. She's her, she's her all new, the all new Batwoman, which is exciting. I might watch just because of this, uh, you know, just to see, uh, you know, I might go back and watch the first season, uh, because honestly shows like this should be supported. But again, it's just the nature of, of what I do. I, I have a question. So cyborg is an African American hero. In the DC universe, yeah, um, I don't. I, none other uh, really comes to mind. Black Lightning is a big one. No, no, I mean that's really been made into a movie franchise. Or, or the Green Lantern. Well, Black. Oh, a movie franchise. Not Black Lightning. Uh, Black. Not Black. Right, not a movie. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Black, so Black, 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 Black Lightning. Black Lightning's a TV series with a African American cast. Go ahead. So my thoughts are, what may have helped. I mean, obviously. The social justice aspects of it are 
very, very prevalent topical right now. Absolutely. But when you're making movies, and and <laughs> it's a sad fact of the world, money talks, right? I mean, follow the money. So my, my thought is what may have eased this for the people behind DC saying, yes, let's move forward with this might have been them watching the absolute ass-kicking success that Black Panther was. Mm -hmm. And said, we need a frontline top African-American hero on our side. And so this may have greased the wheels a little bit and go, that one's coming up, let's do this, let's pull the trigger. I'm just throwing that out there as, you know, because... Yeah, well, uh, and, and uh, well, to, uh, but... I guess to be fair, the CW has been pretty progressive in the way they cast these TV shows too. But uh, you know, and and I guess it, it really just um, it's. I, I guess maybe this is the perfect storm for them to you know diversify even more because I mean they can't just you know they weren't just going to replace Ruby Rose because she really was pretty iconic in that role from w what I've seen. And you know, because I have seen her in, in some stuff like a couple crossovers and stuff like that, and I thought she did a great job. So I, I don't think it would have been. It's not like you could have done a, you know, a, oh, who's somebody they replaced in one of the Marvel movies? Uh, Banner, you know, at the very least, it's not like that, you know. Um, the Hulk is always going to be more important than the guy playing him. Sorry. <laughs> Same with Brody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that, too. Um, Nobody patted exactly. it Exactly. You forgot about it. <laughs> I did. But I have a soft spot for Don Cheadle, and I want him in all my movies. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, agreed. I'm just saying that's it. You, yeah. you, you know, that's how serious it wasn't. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so so this is, I think this is a step in the right direction for, for the CW and, uh, you know, and a step towards progress and, you know, making comic book media more um, inclusive and, and, and representative of, you know, people out there who read these books because, and, and watch these shows and watch the movies because it's everybody. It's literally everybody. The only people mad about this don't matter because they don't have as much money to spend as the rest of us. Um, and, uh, you know, and they're too busy screaming, Mom, make me a pot pie. Uh, or no. Hot pocket. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. All right. The Boys Season 2 is here, everyone. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I've I only like been that. able to watch one episode because, and let me tell you what, I'm never drinking milk again. <laughs> oh yes <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about so I, I missed okay, you look see if I clearly. could stomach Ian McKellen lapping at cream in the cats movie you can make it through that scene <laughs> no 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 I'll give me I, 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 no seriously I, I had I, I was sitting there on uh, on the couch and Susan sitting next to me in, in the chair and she this scene comes on and I just held my hand up I just held my hand up in front of the TV and put my head down I was like I can't see this I can't see this I don't want to see this this is bad and and then I, I, thankfully somebody opened the door and it was like okay wash your hands now please um so uh yes good just the whole context of what was going on with that 
yes, all of the context from season one oh, until yeah. now. I, I forgot a lot of things that were happening, so I went back and watched season one, episode one, and season two, episode one, and episode, whatever. And it, it, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, I remember, yeah. But you, yeah. Know what, you know who I blame it's for a, you forgetting season one? What? Commerce! Nice. Yeah, God maybe. damn you! Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 a good show, you know. I can't believe Curtis, you made it through Cats. Oh, I I did. I, I made it through Cats three times. Here's yeah, why I'm... you wanted to watch it with me, Zelda, and I'm kind of I'm no. reluctant. I, I don't know if I can stomach it. My son and I went to see that movie based on the fact yeah. that we thought it was going to be a, like a train wreck, and it would be fun to watch a complete uh, mess. And yeah. so, yeah, we we poked fun at that movie. There was only uh, we thought just us, and so we sh we shit all over it through the whole thing. And then the lights come up, and there was a man and his like mentally challenged son who apparently Aww. really enjoyed it. Oh. It was the worst feeling in the whole wide oh. world. Like, oh shit, I'm oh. a horrible person. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> could watch is... it without making comments if I was in a theater, but <laughs> at the same time, this the is uncanny terrible... valley. Yeah, but I, I just got to like make yeah. me feel so uneasy. But... I just and the unintended side effect was I was I was singing those fucking songs for like yeah. <laughs> well, for, months. First they, of all, they go in your head; they will come out. It was horrible. My first good. of all, this is a terrible, terrible thing you've done. This is a terrible, terrible <laughs> thing you've done. <laughs> it's terrible. terrible. Just. Yep. Terrible. Terrible. All right. There's no apology for that. There's just not. There isn't. There's no. There, there's no coming walking that shit back. So <laughs> you're done. I, it's kind of cruel to put that in in someone that's that's um has learning disabilities brain because it's not truth and maybe they don't even understand what's going on in some ways. Well, it's it, just oh. I mean, it, it, th there are people out there who are going to enjoy this kind of film, regardless of, uh, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Sorry, I hate saying that. It is what that. it is. I hate saying that. Um, okay, Trump. But uh, stop. Nah, that's <laughs> not what I want. All right, I'm not talking about 20,000 dead Americans, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Movie. So, uh, so yeah, and uh, apparently there was something that that went wrong. Um, there was a uh, 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 supposed to be a special clip. It says a uh, DC fandom Arrowverse crossover panels. Big surprise, never made it to air. And um, uh, Arrowverse EP Mark Guggenheim revealed that a deleted scene from the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, crossover was supposed to air during the Fandome event, and it didn't show up. He didn't elaborate on what the footage was, and, or why it was, if it was intentionally left out or not. But uh, so it, it kind of sounds like, you know, I don't know if, if you guys saw uh, any of that Crisis uh, crossover, but it had some big surprises, like bringing in Ezra Miller from uh, the J Justice League movies and the upcoming Flash film. Uh, which is kind of fun, but uh, that's um, you know, I guess we're, we'll never know what this is unless they do a 
Unless they Snyder cut it for us or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, did any, but yeah, none of you guys watched any of that, so I shouldn't even be talking about it. Right? Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> uh, but yeah, any, um, anybody else see any uh, interesting uh, comic news? Hmm. Or, or just, you know, pop culture news? All I know is that, that, that 2020 is kicking us in the teeth over and over and over again. But well, I do know that. Um, I'll talk more of that on my segment. All right. Uh, one, oh, one other tidbit is, uh, what did I see, uh, regarding, uh, oh gosh, what was it? Oh yeah, uh, Ewan McGregor, he says he's more excited for the Obi-Wan uh, Disney Plus series than he was for the last two prequels. And he also uh, confirmed that it's probably just going to be one season. So this is probably going to be a super tight, epic story. A one-off. Oh, like a a mini-series. Just like a a little mini-series. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. And... uh, Now, here's a question for you. Zelda, did you read The Boys, the comic book? Yeah, that was another one that was just coming out while I still worked there. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Garth Ennis? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Garth Ennis wrote that. Um, yeah, so, because uh, Susan was asking me about, um, oh gosh, what's the uh, what's the, the guy who dresses all in black? What's that character's name? Um, oh God, it's been... Black Noir. Yeah. Yeah, Susan was asking me questions mm-hmm. about him, and I'm like, well, I kind of know a secret from the comics. I don't know yeah. if it's going to play out on the TV show. Don't tell me. Don't but, tell me. Uh, but I just want to say, because she's like, wait, who? What? What is? Who is that guy? And I was like, oh, yeah. There's, I, I think there's not, not enough of him in this TV series. But then what you do get has such like impact. <laughs> yeah, you can't help but love this. He's the Boba Fett of the series for sure. Yeah, definitely. Season one, they just show him at the party. He's like, they're they're not giving him like the shrimp kebabs or something. And he's like, hey, I want a shrimp kebab. Yep, I think that was <laughs> something it, wonderful. That's all he does. And then for no reason, he just sits down and starts banging away on the piano expertly yeah. in the suit. I, I I love that part. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, Kurt, that cl- the link you are sending me uh, is not letting me download anything. Uh, well, so rats. Maybe next week. Do you? Well, no. I mean, if you can, if you can literally just like drop the actual raw audio clip in the in that okay. message uh, instead of a link, that would probably I'd probably be able to download it easier. So all right, we'll do. Um, but uh, but yeah. So uh, but we have a a, a song from Red uh, Red Tape Revolution. We're going to debut on the show tonight. So I'm very excited very about cool. that. That's Kurt's band. Uh, it's uh, uh, a song singing. A song called the Creed. Isn't that right? That's right. So, but in the interim, uh, we're going to uh, listen to Dracula's Magic Ring of Power, uh, and because uh, that is one of. Michelle's favorite, so let's go ahead. Uh, and I love it too. Load that up. Thank you very much. Aww, that means a lot. Shucks. So, all right. So yeah, here we go. We're gonna go to the break. Uh, thank you again, Zelda, for sitting in with us. We're gonna when we come back. Um. Well, I think maybe we'll pick Zelda's brain over the the art of campaigning. Boy. Yeah. So it'll <laughs> be fun. So. We'll go put on my ring of power. There you go. Grow some fangs. 
And of course, we, we got trivia coming up. We got monster match coming up. Michelle, what are you going to do for your segment? I'm sorry, we already muted. Um, I have trivia yeah, as well. Diana but Rigg questions. But it's Diana Rigg trivia. Diana Rigg trivia. All right, very cool. Yeah. Miles, what do you got tonight? Uh, the Night Witches. Oh, that's right. And, and, and I can bring up the uh, the sub that was on Five Toilet. Okay. Yeah. And Suze, you got a topic too? We'll find out. We're out of music time. <laughs> anyway, uh, here we go. Uh, Dracula's Magic Ring of Power. <laughs>
Hi, this is Jody Hamilton of the From the Bunker podcast, and you can hear our show Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Radio for Humans. Hey, this is Brad Friedman from bradblog.com and the Bradcast, heard right here. Really? Yes, it's just that simple. Listen to the Bradcast every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern right here on Radio for Humans. Please visit RadioForHumans.com and Bradblog.com. Let it all hang out. Oh, wow. That, to me, is extremely exciting. Hi, this is Kenny Pick, and you're listening to Radio for Humans. Has anybody told you how good-looking you are lately? Well, they should. Oh my good gracious me, look at that! RadioForHumans.com They sure do. They sure do. Welcome back, Geeky Gals and Guys. Our special guest, Zelda, joining us. Welcome back, Zelda. Thank you. Hello. And, of course, Cousin Curtis is here. Monster match action later. That's right. Stay tuned. I study. Excellent. And the Suze, Studio LR. Welcome back. Hello. Hello. Howdy. And, of course, uh, uh, Suze will be talking about uh, generations uh, later on in the program. Different generations of youth and, uh, and people who used to be young and like me. Uh, and, of course, <laughs> Michelle Lagan, welcome back. Yes, thank you. And Miles, hello. Hey. All right. So uh, I thought this would be fun because, uh, you know, Susan and I have a, a long standing friendship with Zelda. And uh, it, it started, again, in two, two things that we're both very passionate about. And that's comic books and pop culture stuff and uh, politics. Uh, and, you know, you, uh, I remember one of the first uh, events, probably one of the first, like, kind of relatively major state uh, events was uh, going to see Jennifer Bruner at one point uh, speak, our former Secretary of State, who's running for Ohio Supreme Court now, correct? Zelda, do you know anything about that? Yes, she is. Yeah, so, and um, and yeah, so, but that was, you know, I, I have a very fond memory of that, and uh, so, and, but it, it's cool, because, you know, you've been involved, you know, since you were very young in politics, and you know, I'm not saying you're super old or anything, but no, you know, it's okay. You gotta, it's you been gotta, a while. <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, you know, t- tell me, you know, tell everybody a little bit about how you decided to get your start into the world of politics. Like with most people, it it comes out of necessity, although maybe not quite like these days um, mm. <laughs> of literal life and death. But no. um, I started getting involved when I was a teenager um, in U.S. politics. Um, 
I was the youngest paid campaign worker for Al Gore um, in the 2000 election in the Midwest. Um, an excellent example of one of the first of many times that I failed upward. I was a bike messenger. Ken and Suze, I don't even know if you guys know or remember this, but no. I was a bike messenger in the central Ohio area and uh, down in uh, Dublin and Columbus. And um, I got hit by a car. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Not a super bad one like this most recent one a few years yeah. ago, but um, I had a broken arm and collarbone and couldn't do that anymore. So they actually added me to the advanced and event planning team. And it being Ohio, we had a lot of that going on. Um, and uh, I couldn't vote for Al Gore because I'm a January baby and the timing didn't work out. So uh, that was a tough one. Um, not that my one vote would have mattered, but you know, it was um, your fault. It was your fault. So it was all because of my, uh, technically it was up to Julian and Carol who created me uh, just yeah, a year too late. True. Um, but, uh, anyway, that was my first, um, big paid job from there, um, into college. Um, I started working on other campaigns at like city council and, uh, state levels, um, my first big election I got to vote in was for Tim Hagen for Ohio governor in 2002. Some of you who are geeks on this program may or may not know that he is the much less cool than his wife, husband of uh, Captain Janeway herself, Kate Mulgrew. That's true. Um, yes. And um, so that was a, a fun one. Uh, going on from there, again, a lot of local races in Athens County. Um, which is where Ohio University is. It's where I did my undergrads. And um, then up in uh, the Cuyahoga County and Cleveland area, I did a lot of uh, campaign work there for the state party, the county party. And then um, a lot of stuff all over the nation as well. Yeah. But I like to pick an area and really work there and, you know, kind of marinate in the environment so that it's a little bit more of a surgical um, cut into the process because I know all of the you know, pieces, um, pieces, parts. So yeah. But pieces, did you parts. know Kate Mulgrew was also Mrs. Columbo? No, I don't think I remembered that, which is wild because yes. I'm a pretty huge Columbo fan. Yeah. There was a spinoff and she was uh, Mrs. Columbo. That's right. So, um, anyway. yeah, but she did used to come in. She lived, well, I'm not gonna, they live near, um, where I used to live in one of the suburbs of Cleveland, um, and she used to come into the borders uh, in which I worked, so as you know, a while ago, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, before the comic shop, which is uh, in Westlake, Ohio, and uh, they were in there all the time, so that was always a good time to see uh, yeah. those two, because Tim Hagen was still an elected official. He was a county commissioner in uh, Cuyahoga County before uh, the system of government changed, Yeah, um, which would have been the first big election that you guys might recall me piping around about because that was in 2009 and it was the county government reform yeah. um and then uh of course jennifer brunner running for senate so uh which was uh 2010 which was a bleak year uh, yeah. in ohio <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, yeah it, um, kinda, it was rough. yeah and, and of, of course in 2008 i uh, was a, a very large and at the time very positive year uh, for mm -hmm. for Democrats, I should specify I am a, a Democrat registered. I'm an elected member of the Massachusetts Democratic State Party. I was also an elected member of the Ohio Democratic Party, and um, I 
tilt to to the left of our our friend Bernie. But um, Shazam! Yeah. So that's no. what. Well, guns. <laughs> it's not hard to do. You just add guns to it. He's from Vermont. Sure. I'm not. Um, so anyway, uh, that's kind of what I do, and uh, all the way through college and grad school, I'll wrap it up. Sorry, uh, no, I just kept okay. doing it, and I'm pretty good at it. Um, I like the work most of the time, and when you get really entrenched in an area, especially, you keep saying that's going to be the last one, like never again. But then something happens, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to hit that one because that's too much. I can't not get involved in that. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's and now it really is just like we have to. Everybody oh, has I, to I be concur. an activist now. So, uh, you know, uh, well, somebody jump in, ask Zelda a question or uh, uh, whatever. Uh, Zelda, I think that's terrific. Like, uh, I spent those years you're talking about largely ignoring politics because I just felt like I didn't have a stake in it or my voice was mute, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, That kind of resilience that you've kept up uh, despite all that we've endured is is, uh, very admirable. Uh, How do you do it? I concur. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, A lot of it really is... um, It's kind of a chicken and the egg thing because when you feel mute and you feel disconnected from it, typically... A good cure for that is getting involved at the very local level. Most of your tax dollars are spent and directly affect you at the local level, whether that's municipal or state. State is really important. I'm never going to not talk about how extremely important it is to vote down ballot. When you cast your vote for Joe Biden, fill out the whole ballot. If you're not sure about somebody, Mm -hmm. I have the time to do the research. I will give it to you plain and fair, even if I have a preference. I won't tell you what it is unless you ask explicitly. Uh, Lots of other people will, will also do that for you, but... um. And there's no shortage these days of places to get that information without um, it being, you know, a paid for by blah, 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 blah. Uh, so, but once you get involved at the local level, it's you start to really see how important it is and how your voice is directly heard there. And it, it's that little bit of a, a hit, I guess, that starts to push you into being interested in more, um, even aggressively, uh, larger politics. Like if you have an issue in your town, say or city, whatever, and you're like, oh, hey, um, I really care about, like, the plastic bottles in my town. I think that there should be, like, a deposit on nip bottles, or they should be banned altogether because they just Mm -hmm. end up on the ground because, at least where I live, you can't recycle them. Um, There's no bottle return on them, so people don't. People go out and they pick up cans and other kinds of things, but they leave the nip bottles on the ground because they take up space and there's no money back. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, you know that can be rough. So let's just say it's that, or maybe a plastic bag ban or something like that. You get involved first at the city level. And in some places you'll find that there's only so many things a municipality can do locally uh, to control that. So you might need to say, okay, well let's take this up to my state rep or Senator. And um, here we call that general court or the state house. It's the general assembly in Ohio. It really just varies. You know, it's your legislature, right? So then you find that you need to get involved at that level and you start to meet those people and you start learning more about the process and you it's it can be very addictive or it can be a huge turnoff. I mean, it isn't for everybody, but if you find good coalitions um, and one of the great things about being involved and starting kind of at that local level or state level is you meet people who really um, know how to grow an organization from something that's just kind of an idea that you're having at your kitchen table or in your living room or in a chat or a zoom call right now and, um, turn it into, you know, action 
and uh, results. So yeah. everything starts as an idea, but it really takes grassroots support. And you hear those words thrown around like crazy and pandering and, and things like that, yeah. but they are real. Uh, and the impacts oh, of those things are extremely serious. In Massachusetts right now, what started off as an idea that um, we could have fairer, better elections with results that reflect the desires of the people, um, something they already have in Maine is ranked choice voting, right? And um, yeah. that started off as an idea. People went out and got signatures. They formed an organization around it. Uh, now it's on the ballot in November. That's so, awesome. The reason that we need something like that is uh, Joseph Kennedy III vacated his seat in Congress to run against Ed Markey. Uh, Miles, thank you again for bringing that up last week. And um, as a result, we had, I think it was nine or 12 candidates on the Democratic ballot last two weeks ago now um, for that. And the person who eventually um, won that nomination and will probably sail right through in November got like 20% of the vote of the district. Now, does that sound right? That's the second time this has happened in like four or five years in Massachusetts, and it's not unique to us. Yeah. Um, that's not a representative situation. That's not what how it should work. So anyway, that's just an example of sure. what this well, kind of work can do. Yeah, since, you brought friend, up the, yeah, since you brought up the Ed Markey thing, and Miles talked about that last week. Miles, you, you want to uh, confer a little bit on that since uh, Zelda was, uh, uh, helped work on that? Um, I, I had a different question completely on the... Oh, go for uh, it. Uh, I'll find a way to make it about Ed Markey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no problem. Uh, my question has to do with nonpartisan positions. And sure. what... Um, so these are positions that don't have, you know, party labels, yet multiple people will run for them. Now, Michelle mm -hmm. and I have a technique. When we're voting, we will... Like each pick a candidate, and we'll start googling research, and well, there are certain flags that we look for that goes, oh, okay, yeah, this person's a little more conservative than we like, or you know, we. So what, what do you do when dealing with individuals on a ballot that are non running for a nonpartisan seat? I love that question. Um, first, let me say. Um, Thank you for doing that. And this isn't me stalling like when someone says, oh, that's a good question. Da, da, da. I mean, like, really, I love this question. And thank you guys for doing that research. It's not easy and not everyone has the time to do it. So I'm just like for the very little it's worth thankful and very proud <laughs> that I know people who are doing it. Um, Nonpartisan races are I go back and forth on this one sometime, like how I feel about whether or not there should be those positions and they vary. Um, state to state, even town to town here. Um, for example, like our board of selectmen, which is like having, for those of you not from New England, uh, sort of like five executives instead of a mayor. We have five people who are that. And then there's town meeting, which is like the legislative body. Um, those are all nonpartisan positions. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the way that I determine that is I start like you do with Googling. Do they have a website? What's A lot of them have Facebook pages, Twitter accounts, whatever. And kind of go through it. If given the opportunity to attend a house party or a Zoom party, like just for the sake of brevity, let's just assume that we know we're talking about a different campaign world right now, which I'm happy to discuss later. Um, but to hear from them directly and ask them questions. And I think 
even within party, and we know this from primaries, another, I told you I'd do it, good example of this is something like a primary with Ed Markey and Joe Kennedy III, where, okay, we're the same party, um, but what are your values? Because it's not about the platform as often, at least for me, as it is about values. A party sure. or a nonpartisan person can say that they're for X, Y, and Z, because that's what sells. But if you get down to the brass tacks and discuss like, okay, well, why do you support that? And you're getting into their value statements, which are a lot more revealing than a bullet point issue is. Like if you could, you yeah. know, you could say, well, I'm pro-choice. Okay, cool. Why? Yeah, And exactly. then there's, you know, they have to like, you know, get into reasons and you don't have to. And I make really, I make every effort not to be kind of like a dick about it, but to be like, why? Not like that exactly, but oh, that's great. Me too. Why? And wait for the answer, you know, and that's their job. Like, this is never forget a person running for any office in any party at any level is applying for a job and you are their interviewer. You're one of many. But at that moment in front of you, you're Mm -hmm. the supervisor who's interviewing them for this position. You're going to be responsible for paying them and they're going to be speaking for you. So why? So, yeah, exactly. And now what if so you said why to somebody and then they answered like this? <laughs> I've had that happen. <laughs> because a lot of them are like, I don't have to answer this dumb bitch. Like what? I ran into oh. her at the pub and she thinks, no, they're not like, some of them will say things like that. But, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I'm not a shy person. I don't know if that's coming across. But, I mean, if I run into someone and I know they're running for office, again, they signed up for that. They literally did. I don't mean like abuse them, don't pull an incel on the internet kind of behavior. But if you can respectfully (laughs) engage them in a dialogue, they asked you literally to do that when they signed the paper that said, I want to run for office. It's true. So if they can't answer the question or if they laugh at you or if they just kind of blow it off, that tells you a lot about them. And when people show you who they are, you have to believe them. Doesn't mean people don't have bad days. Another good thing is if someone says, you know, I never really thought about it. I just am. I, I, you know, and and maybe they'll say, I, you know, I just know that I am pro-choice again, using that example or whatever. Um, why are you? And that happens sometimes too. You can say like, well, because I believe healthcare is a human right and women's healthcare is healthcare or I believe X, Y, or whatever you want to say. Like, and then, you know, you might've been helping them with a choice that it never sure. occurred to them they hadn't really discovered yet. Um, so it's value I, statements, yeah. though, Miles, is what I'm getting at. That's how I determine it. I don't really go just – I've never not voted for someone who is a Democrat. Um, even if they're yeah. an unenrolled person, which is what we call independence here, um, their values are democratic and, right. or oh, progressive. Yeah, yeah. I should say. So like, but that's how I do it. Like determine what their values are and yeah. how they discuss them because that's really going to tell you who they are. Can can I tell you my, my explanation as to why I was pro uh pro choice? Uh I would love to have that. When asked, uh I said I'm I'm not a woman. I don't get to decide. Mhm. Nice. And that really mm-hmm. pissed them off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> you know? You can I tell you why I'm pro choice? Sure. <laughs> because if you have a choice, you can choose yes or you can choose no. You exactly. Can choose, but if you're not, you can't. Yeah, it's a real example of how the other side often wins the branding war because we're like 
really stuck down in the minutia and we're like, no, but we're pro-choice. We think you should have the option not to do that. I mean, nobody is pro-abortion, okay? Like, yeah, nobody. Nobody. Nobody is like, oh, hey, you know what? It's Tuesday. And I think about right. right now, I don't really feel like having the baby anymore. I'm going to go for it. I think it's a great idea. Nobody yeah, is like no, that. Nobody is. Uh, it's no. between a woman and her doctor. Yep. Right. How, or, let me, me, let a me pregnant just, person and her do- their doctor. Sorry. Let me throw yeah. out. Let me throw out my... So when I when I get engaged with someone that is asking me, well, why are you for abortion? I am typically that when that just just to say when that happens, it's more likely than not someone who's super duper religious, right? Yeah. And, that, yeah. and that's the reason why they're engaging me. So knowing that and seeing that trend, I have unfortunately my snark my snark button gets triggered often. <laughs> When they ask me, what, so the question is, why are you, for, you know, for abortions? It's like very simple. Like, well, because it's in the Bible. It's it's allowed to be in the Bible, so it's I'm for it. <laughs> so, I and, and when they that. say what, I go, yeah, I quote them like it's Numbers chapter five verses eleven through thirty one. I have that committed to memory, and I can just talk to them all, you know, about how yeah, because the the Lord, if the Lord didn't want abortion, you wouldn't have given us instructions on how to take dirt from the tabernacle floor where all the goat herders walk in this shit. You, just, <laughs> you throw it in some holy water, stir it up, and feed it to her. I mean, there you go. That's abortion. You know, that, what, you know how can you not be for that? So I it shuts up the that. religious people pretty quick. But Except <laughs> that the Bible also instructs us how to properly take slaves and stone people to death. Oh, yeah, it does. So, oh, I, I mean, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I just tell you that one story from Miles puts me in mind that it must be really hard to dungeon master for him. Because he. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, you know now what? that's what right. 78. Even You're like, oh, reference. God damn it. I, I'm not I saying this to defend the Bible. <laughs> I'm telling no, you that I know. when it comes. Okay. I understand okay. that, and I do appreciate it. But keep in mind that it also does instruct us on. We're all on the same. Oh, oh yeah. there's a lot here. of nasty stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think not that a that government works. document. So I don't think that works. But right. anyway, I don't think the goat dung works. <laughs> no, so, that's the science they had back then. Yeah. I use yeah. science with air quotes. All right, so that was very informative and very enlightening, and I appreciate you sharing all that, Zelda. And this is something I definitely want to revisit with you here and on our other programs. Of course, turn up the night uh, Tuesdays and Fridays. But um, we do have to get going to a break, and I want to go a little bit early because, Curtis, I think we're going to have to do it. I think we're going to have to squeeze our games into the same segment, but we can do it. Okay. We can so. do it. Yeah, we can make go a little bit over. We'll, we might cut into somebody else's segment a little bit, but not too much. We can make it the hour of gaming power right now. If, you, if Michelle wants to do her game, uh, we do all three of them in the next hour. I think that could work. So, all right. So I, uh, yeah, I'll I'll do mine first because it's super fast. It's only six trivia questions, all multiple choice, and it's a time to compete for big, big points. There's a way you can earn 20, five points for every correct answer, 25 for a mega answer. All right. You're going to love that. We'll be right back with more Geeky Gals and Guys right after this. I almost said the wrong show. If I seem insensitive to what you're going through, understand. It's the way I am. And now, on with the show. Well, my little friend, 
Got something jammed in here real good. Now for something completely different. What year is this? For your own safety, please keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Set your phasers to stun, your sonic screwdrivers to analyze mode, and keep your towels handy. It's time to let your inner nerd come out and play. And they mostly come at night. Mostly. This is Geeky Gals and Guys with Michelle and Miles. Trace the call. It's coming from inside the house. The Suze and Kenny. Don't get goofy on me. And some guy named Curtis. Who is he? What is he? Where does he come from? This is a party I would go to. Okay. And now it's time for Geeky Gals and Guys. Take it away, gang. We're back. Not loud enough. There we go. Now that's good. Thank you, Mr. Producer. Well, I got my left. <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome back, uh, Michelle. Hello. Hello. And that was great, great talk about candidates uh, and voting and being. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And uh, the Sues, welcome back. Hello. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Our special guest, Zelda, is here as well. Hello. Thank you, Zelda. Awesome last, last segment there. Thank you. And, sorry, you, you guys, you and Sue's both cut out a little bit there, but um, I'm sure it will be fine. Miles. I just said gone. thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Miles, welcome See, I back. thought you said ew. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, of course, Miles, welcome back. Yes, hello. Thank and you. Curtis, are you ready to, to start this massive marathon, this triathlon of gaming? We can do this. It's all, all right. <laughs> Here we go. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's graphic content with Kenny Pick. What about oh, this one? A superb choice. Oh, great. Yeah, provided he has already read Infinite Crisis and 52 and is familiar with the reestablishment of the DC multiverse. <laughs> Seems like a nice guy. You mean for someone who's into comic books. Yeah. <laughs> so, just so you know what Sheldon said there, I understood every word. So, these <laughs> trivia questions... These trivia questions might not be super easy, but unfortunately, a... after twenty years of marriage, I understood some of it. She did, she did. But the important thing to know about this is this is not just a straight up trivia game. There are three ways to win points in this game. You win five points if you guess the single correct answer off of a list of A, B, C, and D answers. If you correct the, uh, you get five points. Otherwise, you get no points. All right. Now. There are questions that I'm going to ask where either everything on the list is a lie or everything on the list is the truth. You can decide if you don't have any flying clue out there as to what it is. You can take a gamble and say they're all lies, they're all truths, and if you do and if you are correct, you get 25 points for each one you get correct. Kenny, do I need paper? No, I'm going to take care of it for you guys. So. Okay. This so is me, harder me, than the quizzes no, I give my. It's undergrad. really not. It's really not. It's so easy. I'll give <laughs> I'm going to have the, Kenny write all of my semester like coursework now. No. Yay! That's ridiculous. All right. <laughs> let me get to some. Uh, love yeah. that. All right. Here we go. First question <laughs> People who have been Dr. Fate A. Hector Hall. B. Linda Strauss. C. Kent Nelson. D. Steel Maxim. 
So, you can pick A, Hector Hall, B, Linda Strauss, C, Kent Nelson, D, Steel Ma I'm sorry, Kent Nelson, or D, Steel Maxim. If you are correct on either one of those, you get five points. Or they might be all right, or they all might be all wrong. So, Miles, what do you think? <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> Will you read the Dr. answers Fate. one more time? <laughs> is Dr. Fate a comic book hero? Yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, okay. and he was yeah. in the animated series, too, so you have no excuses. It's okay. It's okay. He doesn't have to know this. I don't even know if he's DC <laughs> or M M DC. Marvel. He's DC? Good. We oh, that, that narrows it down. We just I'm going to need... say Dr. Fate, huh? Yeah. Hector Hall, right, Linda Strauss, have... Kent Nelson, Steel Maxim. Who has been Dr. Fate? Or are they all lies? Or are they all correct? So, so for every correct answer, I get a, a five points. If you get the single correct answer, you get five points. If you say all right or all wrong and you are correct, oh. you get twenty-five points. Oh, oh, oh! Single correct answer. Okay, I'll say C. Sorry, C. Kent Nelson. Okay. <laughs> all right. So. Uh, I like the Zelda, let's go with you on that one. Hector Hall, Linda Strauss, Kent Nelson, Steel Maxim, all correct or all wrong? Or uh, is just one answer right? Or I know. Uh, go multiple big or go multiple home, answers could be right. Multiple answers could be right. Yeah, I know. One of them's. Chip. Linda is, no is number B. Hector Hall, Linda Strauss, Kent Nelson, Steel Maxim. Uh, should I just pass oh, gonna, on this I'm question? Gonna, I'm going to play it safe for the first one, and right. I'm going with Hector for sure. All right. So, uh, all right. Susan, Hector Hall, Linda Strauss, Kent Nelson, Steel Maxim. Who was hey, Dr. Hector. Fate? Hey, Hector. All right. And uh, what do you think, Michelle? Hector Hall, Linda Strauss, Kent Nelson, or Steel Maxim? Or are they all correct, or are they all wrong? I have no idea, so I'm going to go with A. All right. Um, and uh, I ran out of music. So, Curtis, do you have any ideas on this? Hector Hall, Man, Linda Strauss, Kent Nelson, Steel Maxim. wrong. It's a sham. I'm going to say that. You're saying it's all uh, it's all wrong? Yeah, it's all wrong. That's all right. messed up. So, <laughs> all right. Next one. Characters who have never been Avengers. Ugh. Dr. Druid. Silver Surfer, Jack of Hearts, Star Fox. What do you say, Zelda? Dr. Druid, Silver Surfer, Jack of Hearts, or Star Fox? Silver Surfer? Okay. Uh, Susan, Dr. Druid, Silver Surfer, Jack of Hearts, Star Fox. Who's never been an Avenger? I'm going to say Silver Surfer. He ain't got time for that. All right. Galactus uh, must feed. Michelle, what do you say? Jack Doc of Hearts. Jack of Hearts. Uh, okay, you Miles. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with Dr. Druid. Okay. Uh, and uh, what say you, Curtis? I say Jack of Hearts. All right. So let's go. Next one, everybody. Who wasn't a, a Spider-Man villain? Who wasn't a Spider-Man villain? The Thumper? Okay. Typeface, Jarhead, or Banjo. Again, <laughs> who wasn't a Spider-Man villain? 
typeface. I'm sorry, the thumper, typeface, jarhead, or banjo. Susan, we'll start with you. Jarhead. All right. Uh, what about you, Miles? Thumper, typeface, jarhead, or banjo? Who wasn't? I gotta go. I also gotta go with jarhead. Okay. And Michelle, what do you think? Thumper, typeface, jarhead, or banjo? I'm gonna go big. I've never heard of any of them, so I am gonna say none of them were Spider-Man. No. All right. All right. That's a bold move. Yeah. And Zelda. <laughs> Zelda. I'm gonna. I'm Go gonna ahead. go the other direction. I think maybe they all were. Okay. There's some pretty weird shit from that back then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Indeed. Some of these are kind of Indeed. recent too. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Um, and uh, so, oh, who well. did, so uh, Curtis, it's up to you. Most of this game show has a favorite. Um, I'm gonna say Thumper. I don't remember that villain. I. I I don't, I don't think that was a Spider-Man. Okay. Wasn't All he right. Bambi's friend? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, Bambi's he was. And he never said nice things. Underpaid. All right, so we've got. All right, we're gonna we're gonna flip this around. And we're gonna put Curtis in the hot seat first. <gasps> Lex Luthor <laughs> has a rebuilt Gotham City. B built a robot version of Lois Lane. C stopped this the Phantom Zone God. D discovered gray kryptonite. Uh, I'm going to say all of that's true. All right. Suze, what do you think? Lex Luthor has rebuilt Gotham City, built a robot version of Lois Lane, stopped <laughs> the Phantom Zone God, and discovered or discovered uh, gray kryptonite. Yeah, he's done all that and more and more, so much more. All right. Now, Michelle, what do you think? All of it. All right. So, uh, Miles, what do you think? I, I I have to say all of it. Yeah. If there's all more right. than one, yeah. Zelda. Um. Yeah. All of it, man. Why not? Yeah. All yeah. right. All right. There he's we go. He's a busy guy. He's also yeah. you know, he's a, he is a busy guy, but he's still. You say a lot about Lex Luthor, but he's not an underachiever. He's, he's, he's not. done all of that before noon. Before I mean. all right, <laughs> let's let's go to uh, our our last two here. Uh, Doc feats uh, by Doctor Doom. Doctor feats. Feats by Doctor Doom. Uh, accomplishments of Doctor Doom. Oh. Oh God. A he cr a he cracked the moon in half. Yeah, he did. B he destroyed Las Vegas with an army of robots. C changed his name to Doctor Future. D got his subway order fucked up. <laughs> Miles, what do you think? <laughs> I think all of those are true except him messing up a subway order. There's no way to mess that up. It's really they. they, 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 they it starts that it's way. Impossible. Macaroni says to that. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, here we go. Uh, let's go to uh, Michelle. What do you think? Doctor Doom has cracked the moon in half, destroyed Las Vegas with an army of robots, changed his name to Doctor Future, or D got his subway order screwed up. I'll go with A. All right, uh, and okay, I ran out of music again. Gosh darn it! All right, Curtis, yeah. to, to you. I uh, cracked the moon in half, destroyed. 
Vegas with a robot army, change his name to Dr. Future, or, or got his subway screwed up? I'm going to say got his subway screwed up. Okay. <laughs> uh, Suze, what, what say you off this list? B. B, B. because... I mean, when you're talking about Subway, you're talking about his sandwich order. Yeah. That's happened to everyone, but not Or maybe he ordered his own Latvian Subway to be installed. But but I'm going to choose B because okay. uh, the army in Vegas. All right. Yeah, well, that sounds good. Zelda, what do you think? Cracked the moon in half, destroyed Vegas with a robot army, changed his name to Dr. Future, or got his Subway order screwed up? I like the optics of changing his name to try to like rehabilitate his reputation, but I'm I'm gonna say none of it. I'm not very Is that good an at. Option? I thought it was an it option was. for all of them. It absolutely was an option, yeah. So I said it a couple times, but you know I figured I was beating a dead horse. Uh, <laughs> so he, he I would pick to make a robot of Lois Lane. So <laughs> and oh. uh, all right, so here we go. Last question. Alfred Pennyworth's entire name is A. Alfred Milton Howard Pennyworth, B. Alfred Thaddeus Crane Pennyworth, C. Alfred Buckley Francis Pennyworth, or D. Alfred Bentley Hurd Pennyworth. Miles, what do you think? Oh, the Francis one. Okay. Yeah. Suze. I'm going B. All right. Zelda? B. Uh, Curtis. C. All right. And Michelle. Uh, none of them. Okay. So, uh, all right. All right. So here we go. Let's tally this up. Might be a little confusing, but it probably won't. All right. So yeah. here it is. The first question, who has been Dr. Fate? Dr. Fate? The answer was all correct. All uh, the characters, Hector Hall, Linda Strauss, Kent Nelson, and Steel ah, Maxim. Who so. is, who was sure a, Steel Maxim isn't a gay porn star. Or is it both? <laughs> well, funny you should ask, because he was in an animated uh, uh, Justice League movie, and he was an adult dancer. He was a male stripper. Why not, you know? And he was in good physical shape in the helmet of Nabu. Needed somebody who was physically fit, so they picked this tight stripper. I always thought that guy's the guy uh, Booker Gold was it or something. He would have made a good, you know, that sounds like a stripper name as well. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, all right. So, I think I, I'm, I gotta get the tally a little bit better here on my on my paperwork, but I, I think I got it here. So, all right. So, a point goes to uh, both Zelda, Susan, and Michelle for Hector Hall. And a point goes to, uh, well, that'd be five points, but I'll do the math at the end. And, Miles, you got uh, Kent Nelson, which is also correct. Curtis, you said they were all lies. They were all truth. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's a storied history. It is. So, <laughs> all right, characters that were never Avengers. Um, uh, Zelda and Susan, you got this one right. Yes. It was Silver yeah. Surfer has never been an yeah. Avenger. So, Dr. Druid was a dopey yeah. addition, and so was Jack of Hearts, but man, okay. all near and dear to my heart. So, Star Fox. Star Fox is Thanos' brother. Just so you know. Uh, who wasn't a Spider Man villain? The correct answer uh, was Jarhead. Susan and Michelle got a point for that. Oh, so, I said Jarhead. And, no, Miles got the point. I did not. Oh, oh no, no, no. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was Miles. 
So. Aren't you an honest? So, oh no, I put it. Uh, there we go. I did the wrong yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. Ruben throwing me under the bus. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I I misread my. Uh, I tease. I tease. I'm, yeah. All right. Anyway, Zelda, you said they were all true. I did. And you were close, so I'll give you 15 points for that, because you got technically three correct answers with that. So, I'd say, is that fair, or do you guys not think so? I mean, it was pretty clear at the beginning right. that it, if you chose one of those answers, it was all or nothing. So I don't yeah. think you should give me the points, but well, I appreciate it. Uh, that's okay. Well, all right, we'll figure it out. All right, so here we go. Lex Luthor has what hasn't he done? Um, the the only thing he didn't discover was gray kryptonite. That was a lie. That was my lie. And uh, so actually, uh, if we award points that way, all correct goes to Susan Curtis, Michelle Miles, and Zelda. So actually, yeah. So there, yeah. you all get an additional we three all, points we all for that. The same answer on that. So one. yeah. So yeah. there's uh. Uh, yeah. Three points. Shit. I don't know. <laughs> I'm losing score. Okay, yeah, I really. That was a really smart thing to do, a uh, complicated scoring system tonight, everybody. Yes. <laughs> Let's just give you the the rest of the damn answers, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll just give everybody a participation ribbon at the end and a badge of courage as well. All right. Uh, <laughs> yes, Jarhead. Banjo was a Spider Man villain. That's ridiculous. And Banjo was his name. Dun, 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 I remembered Banjo. I did not. Uh, and all right, so Lex Luthor, we got that. Doctor Doom, what has not Doctor Doom done? Those were all lies, Zelda. You you uh, did the clean sweep on that. Uh, he yes. never cracked. He never cracked the moon in half. He never destroyed Las Vegas with an army of robots. He never changed his name to Doctor Future. And apparently, he's a favorite customer at Subway because they never mess up his order. So, oh. yeah, there you go. I, so, anyway, that that put Zelda over the top there. I don't know the exact points, but, yeah, it's like, say, uh, 616 points for the Marvel Universe. How about that? <laughs> so, uh, low score tonight was 52 for the DC Universe. Ha-ha. Anyway, all right, Curtis, uh, <laughs> let's just put this thing out of its misery. <laughs> <laughs> and roll right along. Penny. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I just, I shouldn't have made the, such a complex scoring system. I, I thought I was being clever, but I was being insane. Um, so, <laughs> Come on, so, Kenny's. So, you Anything. know what it's. What was, huh? My points. What was my points? Oh, your points? points? I, I don't know. I'll, I'll tally them up uh, for the next show. Oh, and yeah, <laughs> Alfred Alfred Pennyworth. It's Alfred Thaddeus uh, Crane Pennyworth. Zelda and Susan got that. Susan right. and I both got that. Yeah. 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 So, I Zelda's think I'm still. the comics queen. I think that just not reading a lot, but listening to you over the years has has made me do well. But I could learning, be wrong. Learning through osmosis. Yes. Sure. Yeah. yeah there you well, go. no, I... I, I get to hear all the gossip, all the comic gossip. Sure. All like right. Well, how about people that he yeah. works with? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. monster match. Are we ready, Curtis? That's right. Don't cue up that music, Kenny. We don't nope. have time for that. What's your cut to the game? Are you ready? Oh, the, 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 the intro is half the fun. Don't worry. We'll run all over right. a little bit if we have to. We'll give everybody at least you know 20 minutes for the game. Yeah! 
Don't look now, but here comes the monster match game with Cousin Curtis. <laughs> what are you laughing about, you buffoon? This is a very serious competition. They might draw blood. Oh, I'd hate to see that happen. I'd be all in stitches. <laughs> here we go. It's the monster match game. Take it away, Curtis. All right, get ready to match the geeks as we pay the low stakes, high excitement, no money, monster match game. All right. This, this is the uh, monster match game 3.0. And uh, this week, we have a special guest on the show, Zelda McGregor. Hello. That's right. Zelda. And how this is going to work is all of my contestants, Ken, Suze, Miles, and Michelle, are going to be playing against Zelda's answers. So I'm going to do a fill in the blank taken from the lines from all the monster movies that I've watched over my short, pointless life. And uh, you're all going to write down your answers. And if those answers match Zelda, you will score points. So Zelda. Uh, according to this Google search, you are a 200-year-old cranberry bog witch who uh, your funk band opened up for Earth, Wind, and Fire back in the 70s. How was yes, that? It was really um, a magical uh, time. Um, it was... Awesome. Let's play this game, shall yeah. we? Yeah. First question. Here we go. This is the lightning version of Monster Match Game mm-hmm, 3.0. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. This is from 1982's remake of The Thing. And the line is, I don't know what the hell's in there, but it's weird and blanked off, whatever it is. Would you like to hear that again? More time, please. I don't know what the hell's in there, but it's weird and blanked off, whatever it is. Um, is. I'm going to say it's weird. Hold on. Don't, don't say your answer just yet. Everybody... Oh. Everybody oh. has to fill out their answer, and then I will ask you. So let's, right. I need let's go to Ken. Ken, do you have your out. answer? I have mine written down, Alex. Um, it's, what is pissed? Yeah. All right. Pissed. Suze, tell us. Uh, that is the same thing I wrote. Pissed. pissed. It's better to be pissed off than pissed on. Miles. Pissed. And Michelle. Pissed. Please tell us, Zelda, what was your answer? I said pissed. Oh, one point for everybody. Woo! Yay. Where did it? <laughs> anyway. Very good. <laughs> All right. Question two. This comes from 1933's King Kong. Uh, Ooh. Ooh. Not just my favorite movie, but also Adolf Hitler's favorite movie. You know? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't wrong about everything. Uh, (laughs) The line is, oh no, wasn't the airplanes. It was beauty blank the beast. I'll repeat that one more time. Oh no, it wasn't the airplanes. It was beauty blank the beast. I'm ready. Michelle, what do you got? I've got killed. Killed. Miles? Killed. Suze. It's killed. 
Beauty killed the beast. And Ken! Um, I said got him aroused. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I wrote down killed. <laughs> Zelda, tell us, what did you come up with? I said fighting. Nobody scored a point this round. Zelda Sorry. did wonderfully. No, that was beautiful. No, Quest I Question number three. This fill in the blank comes from 1958's The Blob. Groovy uh, song for that movie. The theme song's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but here's the line. Just like the thing on the old man's hand, only it was bigger. And then it was on his blank head, and he disappeared. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm going to repeat okay. that one more time. Just like the thing on the old man's hand, only it was bigger. And then it was on his blank head, and then he disappeared. Miles, what did you get? Blank head? Yes. Bald head. We're going with the guys, Ken, up in Cleveland. What do you got? On his mother-in-law's head. <laughs> no, I went four. Forehead. Forehead? Susan, what did you come up with? I didn't know, so I guessed... Blackhead. Blackhead! Blackhead. He has acne. And Michelle, what did you come up with? Crazy. All right, crazy head. Zelda McGregor, what did you come up with from the blob? I just want to say how disappointed I am in everyone. It was yeah. painted. Yeah! <laughs> You've listened to me. Penis on your show. I'm so proud of you, Zelda. <laughs> no point scored this round. <laughs> oh. All right. What was the correct answer? Zelda's like, do you people even know me? <laughs> do you listen? What you was the answer, me. Kurt? Uh, the answer was whole. Whole, whole head. head. Then it was on his whole head. <laughs> oh. Okay, yeah. yeah. Nice. Whole head, okay. I know the guy. I see the actor. I know the like actor. Whole. I, yeah, but I can't. Good like a whole. Black, <laughs> is like whole foods. Black is your whole soul. All right. Question four comes from 1968's Night of Living Dead. Not that abomination that came out in 1990. Oh, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Okay. And the line is, put that thing all the way on the blank. We don't want it getting up again. And please. Well, uh, Here we go. Right, we what? got one more. <laughs> Put that thing all the way on the blank. We don't want it getting up again. <coughs> oh. Okay. Take a second to fill out that answer. And I'm, I'm going to start with Michelle down in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Um, Bonfire. Bonfire. James Bonfire. And Miles... Wood Tell chipper. Us. Wood chipper. <laughs> Good answer. Wood chipper. Uh, Susan, what did you come up with? I have no idea. And when I have no idea, I say penis. Penis. Hey. Good answer. Don't say penis in this house. <laughs> 
I'm never gonna be allowed back on. Right. <laughs> I I know what you've done. Ken, I, bring this home, man. What do you got? I said floor, Jim. Floor. Oh, all the way over to Zelda McGregor. Zelda, bring it home for us. What did you got? I'm so sorry. I said grill. Grill. Like, <laughs> well, because like it wasn't cooked enough. It was, and you had to put it back on the grill to like finish it. Points okay. if I said stovetop. Zero points done. scored. <laughs> uh, okay, last question. For what was the what was the correct answer? The correct answer was fire. Oh, okay. Uh, was was the nightmarish <laughs> montage at the end of the movie where they're throwing all of the bodies on a fire. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. One fire technically is closer than anybody else, even though Zelda said grill and it has a fire in it. But regardless, no points scored that round. All right. So with the points tied up here, uh, one all, we move into okay. the fifth and final question. Okay. From 1979's movie Alien. Here comes the line. Bones are bent outward like he blanked from outside. inside. Dot. I screwed it up. I'm going to repeat it for posterity's sake. Bones are bent outward like he blanked from inside. I'm good. All right. All right. Ken, what did you come up with? Uh, Burst. Steve. Michelle. Exploded. Exploded. Miles. Exploded. Suze. I'm going to say burst, Chuck. I, I am Steve Chuck Curtis, host of Monster Match Game. <laughs> and Jim. Zelda. And Alex. Zelda, <laughs> and Alex. Zelda, tell us what you come up with. Well, Stephen, I also said burst. Suze and Ken both score points, but the actual most correct answer was uh, informed to us by Miles and Michelle. It's actually exploded, but because Zelda said burst, well, Ken and Suze, you both score a point. So uh, the family in Cleveland are clear winners this monster Yay. match game. Thank you all for listening. They return back to Cleveland with a lifetime supply of rice aroni, the San Francisco treat. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Drew. That's the city Dr. Doom had destroyed by robots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, after he got pissed off at a subway order. Very good. Thank you, Curtis. That was good. So, uh, and, and we hit the break right now. We will allot Michelle her uh, 20 minutes of game time. And we're going to keep the fun going. So, are you excited, Michelle? Oh, yes, yes. All right, here we go. So, let's uh, get the house band fired up here. And I'll uh, come up with some incorrect names to call Michelle when we come back to So, but yeah, so thanks. Uh, that was awesome. As always, thank you for uh, helping condense uh, our games together there. Mine was a little bit of a train wreck. Not going to lie. I'm going to make it make more sense next time for everyone. <laughs> Not real. Including Just myself. Just a computer-generated fantasy.
boys and girls, your attention, please. Presenting a new exciting radio program featuring the thrilling adventures of an amazing and incredible personality. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Paul's Memory Bank. This is Paul B., and I'd like to invite you to my show every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Radio for Humans. I'll present classic Golden Age Superman radio adventures and hand-picked old-time radio comedy episodes. Out of these clothes, it's Superman's turn now. Right now, I've got three times as many muscles as anybody else in the world. <laughs> and every one of them has a toothache. How do you manage to get into all this trouble? Oh, I don't know. I guess I just know the right people. <laughs> You'll be on the edge of your seat and laughing your head off all at once. Paul's Memory Bank, only on Radio for Humans. RadioForHumans.com Hi, this is Kenny Pick. You're not listening to Radio for Robots. This is Radio for Humans. I don't see you crying, robot. Why? Why was I programmed to feel pain? RadioForHumans.com Robot. 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 Robot! Alright guys, welcome back. A pure nerdgastic hour of gaming with odd scoring systems. <laughs> <laughs> but scoring systems nonetheless. Two, one man's math is another man's garbage. Uh, <laughs> and uh, of course, <laughs> welcome back everybody. Uh, Curtis, good job. Oh, thank you. I just want to say a video has been released of me downplaying the impact of Pink Eye. I apologize, and we'll do better in the future. I promise. Uh, oh, no. I don't understand oh, this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Is there something in the news? <laughs> so, too new? It's like, no, I, too I, soon? I, 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 oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, Pink Eye. I, now I understand what to uh, substitute that with. Oh, of course, it's, it's not a laughing it matter. Is. It's not. Susan, welcome back to you as well. Hello, I'm back. Excellent. Miles. Hi, howdy. You can't give anybody Hello. pink eye over you can't give anybody pink eye over radio for humans. Sorry, Miles. You might. Okay. Welcome back, Miles. Thank you. And Michelle, welcome back to you as well. Thank you. And our special guest is Zelda McGregor. Welcome back. Dr. Z. Hello, thank you. All right, so I think we should probably set Michelle up with some scary music, uh, at the very least. So we're going to have to develop a, a, a jingle. We're going to have to talk. Let us talk uh, yes, yes. <laughs> about this and uh, and make it happen. So here, we'll uh, at the very least, oh, yes, here's some scary, dramatic music for you. So tell us, oh, holder of the trivia, what shall we endure this evening? You know, 2020 has been a, a, a very crappy year for losing some of the, 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 the greats near and dear to our hearts. And um, we lost Diana Rigg recently. Yes. Um, people will know her from the old uh, BBC show, The Avengers. 
um uh you know uh she played in uh she played uh the the matron of house tyrell in um game of thrones oh she was so, so well. good in that and uh she's just an excellent actress and she you know she's done a lot of other different things as well um and uh, i have some trivia that's specifically related to her not all of it's awesome. gonna be horror some of it's you know gonna be fantasy some of it's gonna be adventures uh related but um, can you help me keep track of who answers what absolutely so how many and questions? How many questions? After everybody has en- entered, at, and we've gone through all ten questions. How many questions? Have, all right. How many I questions have, we got? We have ten questions, and right. I have two tiebreakers in case. All right. Numbering my paper. All right. The first question is in Theater of Blood, nineteen seventy-three, with Vincent Price and Diana Rigg. What was Diana Riggs' character's name? A. Edith Lionheart. B. Ethel Lionheart. C. Edwina Lionheart. Okay. D. Ivanka Lionheart. All right. So, who, 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 do you, who do you want to go first? I'm first on I'm first on the list that I wrote out. So I have right. uh, okay. I have uh, me, Suze, Miles, Curtis, and Zelda. So I can just uh, ask people what they think, and you can reread them if, okay. if need be. So I will say, uh, what was the uh, uh, A? I, I like the sound of A. Edith well, Lionheart. Yes, Edith Lionheart. All right. So Susan's next. So do you want me to tell you what I wrote down? Yes. Oh, I like A. All right. Miles. C. All right. Curtis, do you want the list repeated? Yeah, can I uh, hear that again? Edith Lionheart, Ethel Lionheart, Edwina Lionheart, and Ivanka Lionheart. It is C. All right. Zelda. I don't know. I'm going to use the Miles. Go with C. Because that's... Use the miles. Use those miles. You earned them. (laughs) I'm using my trivia miles. (laughs) The miles. Uh, Yes, the miles. All right. We're ready for question two, Michelle. Okay. In Theater of Blood, which of these plays was used by the Lionhearts to torment or kill the critics? A. Titus Andronicus. B. Macbeth. C, A Midsummer's Night's Dream. Or D, Kinky Boots. <laughs> I'm going to go I'm going to go with uh, well, I'm going to go with B Macbeth, but yeah, Suze is up next. So, Suze? Okay. I'll, I'll repeat the question. All In right. Theater of Blood, which of these plays was used by the Lionheart to torment or kill one of the critics? Basically, they use plots they use plots okay. from the play okay. to kill yeah. the critics in this fashion. It was A. Titus Andronicus, B. Macbeth, C. A Midsummer's Night's Dream, or D. Kinky Boots. I'm gonna go with B. Macbeth. Miles. C. Curtis. I don't remember Macbeth. Will you repeat those choices again? Okay, Titus Andronicus. Okay, Macbeth. A. It was A. All right, and Zelda. 
Um, I'm gonna choose A because that's the one that would torture me to death, but I'm gonna <laughs> caution Curtis that there is a person behind you, so if you're certain of your answer, maybe don't say it in that way. <laughs> like, you shouldn't, like, I could be a less honest person. Oh. All right. Okay. Well, le uh, here, let's reverse the order on the question this time. Let's go backwards. We'll, we'll, we'll alternate. No, we'll, we'll give it, we'll give it, well, actually, no, let's just start... I'll start, uh, we'll start with uh, Sue's next on, on the next question. Okay. All right, number three is in the movie The Hospital 1971 with Diana Rigg and George C. Scott, what actress was passed over for Diana Rigg to play Barbara Drummond? A, Jane Fonda, B, Linda Lavin, C, Julie Andrews, or D, Marla Maples. <laughs> I'm going to go for A because Julie Andrews wouldn't do that. So I'm going to go for A. She's never seen SLB. Um, I haven't. I haven't seen a bunch of things. Julie Maybe Andrews, I'm pushing it. Topless no, Julie Andrews. No, yeah. She went for A. Okay. I All right. Said a, Miles. Julie yeah. Andrews. Yeah, I, uh, I know. Uh, I, wrote, I wrote down A. Miles. Okay. No, my answer is whatever Curtis says. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm Did I seem really that. confident? I haven't I, even answered yet. I'm going to go with Jane Fonda. All right. A, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Jane. All right. Uh, Curtis? Uh, I'm going to go with C. And I, I'm completely unsure of my answer. All right. Zelda, do you want a repeat of the list? No, I'm just going to say A this time because I've never right. seen it and I don't know. All right, B, Linda Lavin is what I chose. Uh, so next question go starts with Miles. It's a new girl in town. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Question number four is, in what movie did Diana Rigg play a Bond girl? Uh -oh. Ooh, oh, it's a good one. Oh, I just read this and... Mm. Okay. A, Thunderball. B, in Her Majesty's Secret Service. C, A View to a Kill. Or D, You Only Trump Once. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Curtis gets to start uh, here. Oh, he does? I thought you called me. Is no, I called you on the. Didn't I call you on the last one? No. D no. I don't know. Okay. All right. No, Miles, go ahead. Miles, it goes to you first. Secret Service. That would be B. All right. And Curtis, what do you think? He looks at the world and wants it all. I'm going to go with Thunderball. And he strikes like <laughs> Thunderball. Yeah. Is Thunderball A? Thunderball's A. Okay. Go ahead. Hey. He always walks. Just, just all right. Balls here. So, uh, all right, Zelda. B. And I'm going with uh, B is on Her Majesty's Secret Service, correct? Yes. Uh, I go with B. That's the George Lazenby one, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Suze. I'm choosing B also. All right. All right. Next question. We will start with Curtis then. So go. Okay. This next question is going to give away the previous question, but I had to write it this way. All right. You got to do it. Okay. Um, 
in Her Majesty's Secret Service yes. in 1969, Diana Rigg played Teresa Tracy Draco, the only Bond girl to do what? A, <laughs> A beat James Bond twice in, at, twice in a row at Baccarat. B, steal James Bond's car. Oh. C, marry James Bond. Oh. Or D, get in a cat fight with Money Penny. <laughs> Curtis, what's your answer? I like uh, D, get in a cat fight with Money Penny. You wish. Money Penny. And. You want it to be true. I the, want it to be true. Is all right. <laughs> Zelda? So which, which uh, one, what, 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 I'm sorry. So which one is it that you're picking for this one? D? Curtis? D. All right. Uh, yeah, there we go. And, oh, I'm sorry. So Zelda, there we go. You're next. Uh, marry him. So that was C, correct? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I couldn't remember. That's okay. Um, and I'm going with uh, A is uh, beat him at uh, Bacharach uh, twice. <laughs> Bert Bac- he, he played Burt Bac- They did a Burt yeah. Bacharach uh, mixtape yeah. contest. <laughs> All right, that's mine. Are you saying um, she beat him in Bacharach back to back? Yes. Yeah. Twice in a row. <laughs> well, they both had big Mac attacks. Uh, <laughs> the Suze. The Suze, what's your answer? Beatbox gonna... and Burt Bacharach. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going for E, all of the above, and then she killed him. That is Whoa. not an answer, just, but will you accept kidding. it, Michelle? Um, I think A is, is Bacharach, right? I'll go for A. Yes. Hey. In my little red book. I'm sorry. Um, uh, that's where I was writing things down in my little red book. Anyway, uh, I think that's a bur- killed bur- back rack song. Um, and Miles, uh, last in line on this question. Hey. All right. Question six. Zelda will begin on this one. What a rip. All right. Now we're moving into Avenger- the Avengers territory. Ah, right. shit. <laughs> make any std jokes um what is the second half of this common phrase said by steed mrs peel blank mrs peel so it's a we are needed b i love you c can you speak up a bit or d you're out of champagne (laughs) oh zelda it would be it would be awful if it was d but i uh, I think I know that one, and I just pulled a Curtis. Should I wait? No, give there's got to be a better way of putting that. <laughs> That's also a better way of putting that. Well, uh, we, are, we are needed. Got something jammed in here, real good. Uh, <laughs> what a fun okay. and sexy time for you. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, my answer is also A. All right, Suze, what's your answer? Okay. Uh, Miles? A. And Curtis? C. Uh, I was almost ready to say the A's have it, but the A's do have it, and there's only one C in there. All right, question number seven. It begins (laughs) with, uh, back at the beginning with me. Okay, question. How did Steed call Mrs. Peel Emma to her face? How did uh, repeat it one time? You cut out just a little bit. 
Yeah. How many times has Steed called Mrs. Peel Emma to her face? Oh, okay. All right. A is never. B is two. C is four. And D is once after a night out on the town. Oh, hubba hubba. I'm going to say, I want to say, I don't know the show that well. That's what I'm saying. I want to say that he never did. But then I want to say, but then there's probably like a deep cut thing where they never really totally committed to it. You know, as being something you never said, like you never saw the neighbor's face on Home Improvement or whatever, how that was like a, a conscious commitment. Um, this, I think it's C. I think it's four times. I think it, 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 they, it might not have been a thing that they ironed it all out. That could be a bullshit theory, and I probably wasted a lot of time. But Susan, what's your answer? <laughs> a? I said C, four. So Susan says okay. A. All right. Miles? I'm going to go with B. Okay. And Curtis, what do you think? Miles seems sure of himself with B. I'm going to go with B. No. All right. That is your favorite color. Zelda. We're looking Uh, off your paper, Miles. We're looking off your paper. (laughs) I'm going with uh, D because I like the added detail. It's like a nice little flair there, and I really appreciate that hard work, Michelle. you know, Michelle, you. you can you that can o- offer bonus points for that for compliments. <laughs> no, <So>. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, question eight. We have three more to go. Uh, starts right. with the Sues. All right. Question eight is: What channel was the Avengers originally showed on in Britain? A. ITV. B. Channel Four. C. BBC. Or D, Channel Zero. Sue, what's your answer? B, because if it was BBC, I'd be on there now. And it's not no, BBC. Just, sorry, Sue. So I'm going to guess the second one, which is Channel B. Four. All right. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, Miles. Channel Four. That's B. Uh, yes, Curtis. Yes. I want to believe there is a channel zero. I'm going to say D. <laughs> All right. Zelda. Uh, I think it's channel four. I'm going to buck the, the trend here. And, and I God, ITV sounds so familiar, but it no. really does. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be the experimental one and say, a. So, all right, question nine. That starts with uh, Miles. Right. Um, nine is, how many times was Emma Peel tied up during the Avengers series? <laughs> oh, boy. How many times was Emma Peel tied up during the Avengers series? A is eight times. B is 17 times. D is 30, I mean, C is 32 times. Oh, dear Lord. And, and D is every episode and twice on Sundays. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Miles>. <laughs> and I get to go first. Yeah. All right. I'm going to say a boy can dream with 32. That's uh, C. C, correct? That's C, yes. All right. Uh, Curtis. 
see. All right, Zelda, what do you think? Uh, first of all, I want you to get a drop of the strength and like profound voice of Curtis going, see! <laughs> uh, and then I would like you to use it for my answer, which is I'm going to go with C as well. All right, I'm going to go with uh, B. That was how many times? 16? 17. 17? Uh, that just seems like too weird of a number uh, to ignore. Uh, <laughs> Suze? Oh, I was going to look at... Um... I was going to say the C because of Curtis's enthusiasm, but also <laughs> I thought it was less than 32, I think. I'm bursting with fruit flavor. So what? what <laughs> is, is. So what's your answer? Vitamin C. C? All right. All C? right. C? So Curtis uh, starts off the answers for question 10. Right. And the two... Um, the, the, the two extra credit ones, you know, for tiebreakers and stuff like that, even if we don't have a tie, I'd like to do them because they are the Game of Thrones one. So, oh, okay. Um, sure. She's got a tiebreaker. Look at that. Okay. Um, uh, number 10 is, what was Emma Peel's first name originally going to be? A, Samantha. B, Barbara. C, Linda. Or D, Tiffany. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Can you say it one more time? This Names for, again? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Okay, yeah, a, Sam, a, a, Samantha, okay. B, Barbara, C, Linda, D, Tiffany. Okay. What do you think, Curtis? You know what? I hated it, but now I'm going to go with Tiffany. How about that? D. <laughs> All okay. right. Zelda? Catch me A. I'm going with A because I got right. like a friend named that and why not? Okay. Uh, what was Linda? Was that B? That was C. C? Okay. I'm saying Linda. Suze? Yeah, I chose Linda too. C. And Miles? Barbara. What number or what letter is it? B. 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 Okay. All right. Wow, that looks like it looks like I'm doing like writing out tablatures. C C B D A. Wow. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna learn this cover. Let's Kenny. tally this up. Yeah. Oh my God. Seriously, that would be insane. A A C C C B B C A A. He's letting out. Now, like, we have to take the person who was correct and write a poem with the rhyme scheme yeah. being exactly what their correct <laughs> answers were. Well, all I, right. It, all right, let's tally Next up the points. Next week on uh, G35, slam poetry. Uh, yeah. Right. yeah, but right, right now, slam scoring. Uh, so uh, <laughs> let's let's go ahead and get some uh, game show music now to tally things up. All right, all so right. first, what, repeat the first question and give us the correct answer okay. with the letter. In Theater of Blood, what was Diana Riggs' character's name? That would be C, Edwina Lionheart. All right, so... Oh, Miles, Curtis, uh, and Zelda all scored on that. Cool. <laughs> Number two. In Theater of Blood, which plays were used by the Lionhearts to torment or kill the critics? And that would be A, Titus Andronicus. And yeah. Curtis and Zelda scored points on Chopped that Chopped up dogs and fed it to him. Yeah, Jesus the, the, Christ. Chopped up his children and fed it to him. Well, yeah. in, wow. in a Titus Andronicus play, but in the... Uh, Vincent Price movie. You oh, know, okay. he had to get creative because he yeah. had a bunch of homeless hobos like murdering people and shit. It was right. it was fun. Yeah, the, All right. the plays Question. that were actually used were Julius Caesar, Trollius, and Cressida, 
Cymbeline, The Merchant of Venice, Richard III, Othello, Henry VI, Part One, Titus oh, Andronicus, Romeo Juliet, and King Lear. Yeah, I feel pretty tortured myself. All yes. right, question All three. Right, number Zelda. Number three. In the movie The Hospital with Diana Rigg and George C. Scott, what actress was passed over for Diana Rigg to play Barbara Drummond? And that would be A, Jane Fonda. Susan, Miles, and Zelda scored a point. All right. All right. Question four. Coattails. Number four. Coattails McGregor. Number four. In what movie did Diana Rigg play a Bond girl? And that would be B, in Her Majesty's Secret Service. Everyone scored except Curtis on that one. Shame. Shame. No. (laughs) (laughs) And number five, Uh, in Her Majesty's Secret Service in 1969, Diana Rigg played Teresa Tracy Draco, the only Bond girl to do what? And that would be C, Mary James Bond. Wow. Zelda was the only person who got a point on that. I Zelda remembered has, it from a Eulet, or a, uh, an article recently. Zelda yeah. currently has five points. Miles has three. Curtis and Susan have two. I have one. Uh-oh. <laughs> six. Question six. All right. Question six is in the second half. Uh, uh, what is the second half of this common phrase said by Steed? Mrs. Peel is A. We are needed. Everyone got a point on that except for Curtis. Once again, shame, Curtis. Shame. <laughs> throughout, uh, throughout the first 16 episodes of season five, each episode had a We Are Needed scene after the episode title. One example was from an episode called The Hidden Tiger, in which Emma re- removes a strip of wall- old wallpaper whilst decorating her flat to reveal the words beneath it, Mrs. Peel. Seed then enters, removes another strip of wallpaper to say, We Are Needed. Ah, very nice. All right, question seven. Number seven. How many times has Steed called Mrs. Peel, Emma, to her face? And And that would be B, two. Ah, all right. Miles and Curtis got a point on that. Good job, fellas. Next thing. Okay. Eight. What channel was the Avengers originally shown on in Britain? That would be A, ITV. No shit! (laughs) Yeah! I'm back, baby. Not well. (laughs) Zelda still has six points, so, uh, yeah, I I can't win. Uh, nine. (laughs) Okay, how many times was Emma Peel tied up during the Avenger series? All right. That would be B, 17 times. Yay! I was right. I knew that number couldn't be ignored. So, uh, all right, question 10. What was Emma Peel's first name originally going to be? And that would be A, Samantha. Oh, Zelda is the only ah. person who got that right. Thank you much. to my friend Samantha Delaire, whose reason, you know, that I use there. Well, Thank you. there you go. Well, I got to say right there, uh, clear winner, seven points, Zelda. Uh, ah. There you go. Once again, Zelda McGregor. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, and, and quick, and- huh? I'll do, the, I'll do the tiebreakers real quickly since we don't need them, but you guys can guess anyways, and I'll give you the answer right after you guess. What right. did Diana Rigg never do before, during, or after filming Game of Thrones? Huh. She never watched uh, it. Pose nude. What arm pushes? Read the, read the books. Watch the series. 
Oh, that makes more sense. Scratcher. That makes way more sense. Yeah. Scratcher. Well, I said ate meat, drank wine, watched a single episode of the show, or received the title of CBE, Commander of the Order of the British Empire. Oh. Oh. Wow. She never watched a single episode or read the books. That was very good. Okay. All right. What was the other one? She fucking nailed it. R.I.P. Lady, rest in power. And number twelve, the last, the last tie-breaking question would have been. What game is Diana Rigg particularly good at? A. Monopoly, B. Bridge, C. Scrabble, or D. I Spy. I'm surprised that Baccarat wasn't an option. (laughs) I was going to go with E. Owning Searcy. (laughs) No. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Poison and Boys. Uh. (laughs) Scrabble? Scrabble. I went with Scrabble. Yeah, here, here's a quote. Don't play Scrabble or Words of Friend with Diana Riggs. She'll beat you every time. Said Riggs, Thrones co-star Natalie Dormer. Oh, wow. Nice, nice. Yeah, I heard about that, I think. All right. There you go. Well done, I'll Michelle. All, Thank all you so much. All in, all in loving tribute to the lovely dame, Diana Riggs. Yeah. That's we awesome. Miss her. Rest in Excellent. power. Well done, well done. So... All right, well, we are running a little bit long. We're going to hear from the Sues and Miles on their subjects of the week and, uh, you know, see what other kind of trouble we can get into. And Channel Zero does exist, but it's really creepy and you don't want to watch it. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) what? (laughs) What was that again? Channel Zero does exist, but it's really creepy and you don't want to watch it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know about it. Challenge accepted. (laughs) All right. We'll be right back. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. And now, on with the show. The Death Star plans are not in the main computer. Now for something completely different. What year is this? For your own safety. Please keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Set your phasers to stun, your sonic screwdrivers to analyze mode, and keep your towels handy. It's time to let your inner nerd come out and play. And they mostly come at night. Mostly. This is Geeky Gals and Guys. With Michelle and Miles. Trace the call. It's coming from inside the house. The Suze and Kenny. Don't get goofy on me. And some guy named Curtis. Who is he? What is he? Where does he come from? This is a party I would go to. Okay. And now it's time for Geeky Gals and Guys. Take it away, gang. Oh, all right. If I must. Welcome back. If we must. Welcome back, Curtis. Hello, everybody. All right. Michelle. 48 days till Halloween, 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 48 days till Halloween, till Silver Shamrock. Shamrock. All right. Zelda, Yay. welcome back. Thanks for joining us for all, all the, the entire program tonight. Yay, thank you for having me. This is no very problem. fun. And, of course, Miles, we're welcome back to bunch. you. Yes, hello. And the Sues, what, what, what uh, fields are we going to wander down this evening? Um, I was going to talk about some generational stuff and uh, the the lo- all the lost generations, but I want to hear Miles first. That's okay. Oh, you should no, no, no. Go. I mean, what? Uh, what so, uh, 
Okay, uh, let's, yeah, go ahead, Miles. Uh, yes, welcome back, Miles. Uh, go ahead. Uh, what did you uh, want to uh, discuss tonight? Uh, okay, so some good news. Uh, the, um, Do you want to make your jingle or no? Uh, I've got it right here. There we go. Oh. Good evening. For parts of North America, the forces of darkness ruled in daylight. Nope, 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 I needed that. All right. Cool. Oh, oh, my voice cracked. All right, Miles. <laughs> so, um, it's well known that Trump has a vast war chest for his reelection. It was uh, approaching, if not exceeding, a billion dollars. Oh, However, yeah. he's not spending it well. Or. Let, let, let's more accurately say the people he's put in charge of it are not spending it well, and all, and he's his his campaign's like bleeding cash out. It's like being like 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 leeches just sucking you blood think, out of it. It's, that's so <laughs> weird. It's like he associates himself with thieves or something. It's odd. I know. I know. It's so crazy. So one of the things that made me smile was hearing that. Uh, yes, he is spending money in states where he needs to spend it, but he's pulling money in others. And one of the states he's pulled is Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Arizona is not a cakewalk. It is not. It is. He is, uh, I believe, underwater in that state right now. And if he needs those eleven, uh, point, you know, points, pretty bad. And I'd say it's a good sign that he has pulled his advertising money out of Arizona. I mean. He might have re- re-upped it, but but by the t- when I when I read it this that it happened this week, it, it made me smile. I was just like, yeah. That's, well, that's and and do you know where his last rally they dumped money into was? Just uh, what a day ago. Um, Nevada. That's unheard of too. Yeah, that's weird. Oh wow! You know, I mean, he, he's you know that's where he had his big mask. You know, his big uh, super spreader event. His last super so, spreader event. I don't know if anyone saw did, else watched us. Did, didn't we riff the uh, Republican convention? Uh, oh, we sure we we did. Us? We did a bit. All yeah. right, so you, you should know that something happened there. A lot of people were there, and uh, when you bring a lot of people in, and uh, they start standing around and doing things, it yeah. damages the lawn. Oh, yeah. And so, by law, his campaign is financially responsible for restoring it. And so <laughs> the, the campaign has agreed, yes, we will pay to restore the White House lawn. <laughs> so that's that's where his campaign dollars, some of it is going to anyway, is just like the fixed grass. <laughs> just, oh, some of these stories make me smile so much. Oh. And, make America's uh, lawn great again, huh? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> is he gonna? Is he gonna make that little kid come back to the White House and uh, put down sod? All I'm saying is, get off our lawn. There you go. There you go. Yeah, exactly, Michelle. Now to understand how badly things are going for Trump, and you know that he knows this. He has he, he tweeted seventy times. I believe it was yesterday. 70, 
seven zero in a day, one day. I mean, I, most people, you know, uh, you know, everyone differs as to how much they're willing to tweet, but <laughs> even for Trump, that's a lot. And I mean, when you look at, if you, let, let's just divide up how long you're awake in a day. Trump probably <laughs> less than eight hours, but let's just say eight hours. He's doing something where he's not tweeting. At least 16. 16 goes into 70. Oh, my God. That's like four or five times at least. Yeah. Four or five times an hour he's tweeting on average that yeah. day. And so he, he confirmed that he was watching eight hours of Fox News the other day, too. Oh. Oh. Oh, the poor man's getting so triggered. <laughs> yeah. No governing, though, huh? If you're doing. I mean, I'm just, I mean, I'm kind of thankful because I don't really want them to govern, but. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's in a, it, it, the polls are strong and steady for uh, Biden. Normally, after conventions, there's a bump. Nope, didn't happen. If it, if there was, it was a little micro bump, and then Biden went right back up to being in solid command of. Oops. Uh, I didn't know that would autoplay, uh, but uh, yeah, I got the song, Curtis. We'll play it from, on the uh, break. So, <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I just had to open Facebook and right, saw Mike. what was going on. But go ahead, Miles. Very good. So those are the things that made me smile. That it's mostly about you know the, his, watching him flounder with money. Uh, well, well, shocker! I know Trump is such a successful businessman. Let's not <laughs> forget another important thing here too is the the one thing that is his kryptonite: low ratings. Mm. Yeah, and the ratings for the DNC were so good versus the RNC. Yeah, and that's the, true. You know, so so that is good. And another thing too: this whole Woodward, the Woodward tapes, and everything. If anything's going to change minds, it's that. And I heard, uh, you know, I've been hearing of a lot of people who are like saying, "Not again," after that. So I am. I, the, the, it is really. I think it's a positive sign that people. There are some that will never break from him. Absolutely, the, those authoritarian uh, mindset. They are lock, stock, and barrel. Hook, line, and sinker, they will never turn. But there are some that actually have a little bit bouncing around between their ears. And yes, everyone has a breaking moment, whether it's the the um, bounty on our troops, yep. whether it's him calling our troops, uh, you know, suckers and losers, whether it's, uh, you know, the, the con- concealing of the danger of COVID from the people. Everyone's got a different line, you know, for what will cause them to just say, nope, that's it for me. I can't yeah. anymore. This is, a, I mean, but, the, gr- the greatest display of death by a thousand cuts I think I've ever seen. But it, it, will it work? I don't know. I have to believe it will. I do. My I do, too. I, I, I um, do, too. Uh, you know, but the thing is, I just, like Bob Seska says, uh, don't get happy. You know, uh, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, no, yeah. remain positive. No time. Keep fighting. Do what do what you can. Do the kind of work Zelda does. Give money, uh, phone bank, uh, whatever you can do. Um, God, it cautiously uh, at most. Uh, say it again. Say cautiously. 
consciously optimistic at most. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's why a thousand cuts didn't work yeah. last time. And you didn't assume that I'm it thinking was positive. A... Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, there, I don't think there was a death by a thousand cuts in, in uh, 2016. No, it, was, it, it was like 500, maybe. It was a nonstop <laughs> attack on Hillary for her emails and all that. Trump was. Oh yeah, that was offense. death by a thousand cuts. I, he was on the offensive. Bullshit. This is the, yeah. now he's on the defensive. Mm-hmm. I agree, but it should have been is what I think the conversation. Yeah, might we just be. can't get complacent. Oh no, no. We have to. We have to think everything that will go wrong. Okay. We'll go wrong, and we just have to be out there in force. So I needed to get that out because that's all topical and happening, and that's all current. Right. Uh, the good news is about the war stories that I typically, or just the things I talk about, mm-hmm. there's no time limit on those. Those can always wait. So I, I, I have two ready to go, but given the time I'm looking at, I'll just pick one. So okay, peanuts, to the peanut gallery, I have the story of the submarine that was sunk by its own toilet. Or the Night Witches, which is an all-female regiment in World War II. I, man, uh, the uh, I have I have fart sound effects the like all the live long day. <laughs> all right, so, and he's voting so. Got it. Yeah. And Zelda like fart sound effects, right? I got a toilet. I love fart sound, sound effect effects. Anyway. Okay, so yeah, let's so, let's go with the toilet tragedy. Uh, toilet sub. <laughs> so. During World War II, the uh, Germans were very, very prolific with their submarine warfare. And there was a submarine named U-1206. Excuse me. And it was a Type 7, uh, which is a specific type of model. It was, I believe, the one that was the most built. It was the um, medium-range submarines. The the Type 9s were the ones that could actually reach over to the uh, American coast. Yeah. Anyway... There were 730 of these things built, had a crew of about 50 people, and it had two toilets. Uh, one of these toilets, however, was on the galley. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, because submarines were not well known for their um, amenities for the crew, uh, the toilet by the galley was often used for storage, for food. And so it was packed full of stuff that the, you, yeah, you couldn't Yum. use that. Toilet. Right. So you were, they were, the whole crew was basically stuck using the other toilet until that toilet was, you know, I guess uh, not used as storage for any until longer. Until they, they finished the beans. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it was used for storage, all right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, precious cargo. The. <laughs> The problem with the submarine, unlike normal surface ships, which, you know, when you just take a dump, they just dump it out and right into the ocean. No problem. But the submarine, because it operates under the surface, is subjected to incredible pressures. Oh. And, and so you can't just flush. It's That's not the way it works. It's like the last now, time I ate at Taco Bell, that pressure. Exactly. <laughs> We've all understood that pressure. Allied submarines used a holding tank that was inside the pressurized hull of sure. the submarine. And so they didn't have this problem, but they had to sacrifice <laughs> they had to sacrifice space to account for this holding tank. 
sure. German engineering was like, oh, please, we can engineer this because they love the challenge, right? Oh, so they man. challenged. They they came up with a way to make proper <laughs> uh, valves and uh, procedures so that after a person flushed, you you turned in certain valves a certain way, and w using air pressure, they would blow out the waste. <laughs> a pity torpedo. Turd turd torpedoes. Turd yes. torpedoes. Absolutely. A shart. Yes, the sub German turd. submarine sharted. I yeah, think that's the part. Yeah. Yes, torpedoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they weighed. Uh, ooh, they weighed 769 tons. All right, surface or periscope. All right. Uh, got the number four one written down for some reason. Oh, it had four torpedo tubes facing forward and one torpedo tube facing aft. So it wasn't okay. impressive to say the Gatho class submarine, which I talked about with the USS Barb, um, one yes. of the previous talks. So this submarine was uh, laid down. I mean, it was like I believe launched in December thirtieth of forty four, and um, and it was commissioned on the March sixteenth. So it went out, mm -hmm. you know, doing maneuvers or tests or whatever it needs to do, and sure. then on the sixteenth, it's fully manned, equipped, ready to go out and start doing its thing. <laughs> uh, doing its uh, doing its thing. Yeah. So. Um, looking at this note, and why is it not making sense to me? Adolf Click. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, I, th I think I know what it oh. was. I think it was the no. amount of time. I think it was the amount of times people were flushing the toilets. People are flushing toilets ten times, fifteen times, <laughs> ten times, right? Adolf no, Click. The captain's name was Adolf Selig. That's that's why. Oh it no. Was. Um. So. What happened was this the submarine was on its eighth day, on its eighth day out on patrol, you know, and yeah. it was out um, about, it was just off the Scotland coast. Okay. Uh, as you were, and it was doing some repairs. That's where that's at. Um, because uh, there, there was there was a mis you know things go wrong sometimes. Wait so anyway, wait were, wait oh do you mean Florida? In Florida, I mean in uh, Scotland. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> uh, anyway, the um, why am I doing leech? I don't recognize that. Oh oh, all right. So the someone had to use the facilities, right? Sure. So they went in. So they went in. So they went in. <laughs> They did their little thing, and then there's a specialist. Yes, there is a toilet specialist oh, on the submarine. Wow. Oh, it's wow. his job. He's you the represent one that's He's the one. Yeah, right. <laughs> he knows what to do. He's the one that's trained in order to properly turn the valves to properly release the waste out into the thing. Wow. However, it's believed that. The specialist misunderstood or misjudged what was happening and what what whether a certain valve was open or not, and it <laughs> it turns out the valve to the toilet was still open when he opened the valve to the ocean. <laughs> That's my nightmare. <laughs> and so, with them underwater. The contents of the toilet preceded a sudden gush of the ocean into the toilet and started filling up the submarine with water. 
<laughs> now, before they could get this corrected, because <laughs> it's a lot of pressure when you're underwater. I mean, this thing's like a fire hose going off. So, sure. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, the guys are. And now, <laughs> stop laughing. That's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh gosh! So, to make matters worse, the bilge pump failed. No, the bilge, the bilge pump is what's no in the shit. bottom of your boat. To you know, if you got a little extra water in there, the bilge pump was what goes and pushes water outside of the boat to keep it afloat. It failed, and so water is now seeping in on the bottom of the boat, and it's creeping up. And unfortunately, this toilet was near the battery compartment. The batteries, now diesel electric submarines use the diesel engine on the surface to charge the batteries. And when they're <laughs> under the water, they use the batteries because you can't run an, an engine underwater without oxygen. So the batteries react very poorly with water. And re when they reacted, it released chlorine gas, which is toxic. And so they had to do an emergency oh surface. Oh my God to save the ship to pump out the water to 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 vent out the uh the chlorine gas that was you know toxic and, and, and was a harm to the crew and how deep were they at this point well i uh, no they surfaced oh i don't know how deep they were when things went bad but they were deep enough that yeah the water I mean, shot was in it like rickett city or do they you say or did you say they all died no they're not dead Oh, I think we know this happened because they're survivors. Yes, but the the, 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 the sub so, so what you're what you're saying is if it's yellow, let it mellow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm we pretty all sure. live oh. in a mellow submarine. I'm sorry, I'm going to go a little over, but I need to remember. Okay, so submarines are. Uh, uh, I talked about crew amenities being horrible. <laughs> That's yes. poop. Submar submarines <laughs> were yeah, so bad. When they came back to um, port, the crew had become acclimated to the stench because there were times when toilets <laughs> wouldn't work at all and they would just go in a bucket. Sure. And, and, and it would just stay there. The, Do you want to sign up for the Navy? The port, yes, in the Navy. So the port workers, when they came aboard the submarine to do regular maintenance, it was said that they would retch. From the stench that the, 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 the crew had become accustomed to. It was that bad. How did anyway, I, that's mess. a side story. So the sub had to do an emergency surface off the coast of Scotland. And because they were so... And so they, they're on the surface. They're, they're opening up the ship to ah. vent out the air so that the chlorine mm. gas can get purged out of the system. And this close to Scotland... They were spotted by the RAF, the Royal Air Force, nice. who promptly attacked them. And <laughs> Good. They got their sub up full of holes to where the, the sub wasn't, you know, sinking, but it could no longer submerge. The damage that had been done to the hull, nice. was, it could no longer go underneath the water. And <laughs> so the captain and the officers were agreed like, okay, well, that, that we can't save the ship. And so they scuttled the ship. They, they, they let it go, and the crew got onto their rubber dinghies, emergency rafts, <laughs> and they paddled over to the shore of Scotland. And, and this is how dangerous things were. Three crew died trying to manage, navigate the rocks on the Scotland shore. Oh, Jesus. 
so that's you know and are you trying to are there. you telling me they did not see those rocks coming um, no, they did not. And, <laughs> and you know what i think this was an act of subterfuge that uh, caused this whole thing horrible subterfuge exactly subterfuge um so or subterfuge fudge how how unlucky <laughs> this submarine was 16 days after this event hitler commits suicide Yay. Eight days after that, Germany surrendered. <laughs> Which that, the so ultimate, that's the story the of U twelve oh six. Shartler, <laughs> you, even, yes. There yeah. you go. I don't even know that it even shot his ship or fired a torpedo. Wow. It just went out that's... there and opened, flushed its toilet, and sank. Wow, oh, this story has been eye opening. It's like a man who has been blind all of his life. <laughs> Brown eye opening. Being given <laughs> <laughs> so as unlucky as this sub was, it reminds me, and this yeah. is a future story I'll, 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 I want to share. It's about the unluckiest destroyer in the U.S. Navy, and it was responsible for firing a torpedo at a ship that held President Roosevelt. Oh. Well, you, you know who is not an unlucky destroyer. Destroyer Kurt, that's who. Uh, how about oh. that for a segue? Yeah. So, yeah, Kurt... <laughs> We've got uh, you singing with your new-ish band. You've been in the band for about a year, right? Say, say it again. About a year. About a year. Okay. Yeah, so you... have been got... in the band for about a year. All right. Very good. Red Tape Revolution, the debut of the creed coming up i can hear you i'm sorry you're kind of getting choppy but we gotta hit the break we'll be right back with more geeky gals and guys right after this take a look at that
Hi, everybody. This is Kenny Pick, and you're listening to Radio for Humans. All the humanity. Radioforhumans.com. It's like magic talk. I have no idea why I brought that clip. <laughs> Curtis, <laughs> what an amazing song. Man. Wow. That was I gorgeous. loved it. That was gorgeous. Thank you guys so much. Kurt, that has like, for me, this is a big compliment. Fucking ringtone potential, my guy. Hell yeah. <laughs> I want that with my phone. And some politician asking me for something. I want it to be like, I'm the crew. Like, I need that. <laughs> well, I got to say. That's exactly I, why we wrote it. I'm, I'm such, being serious. I'm such a humongous fan of your guys' sound. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Because, again, your voice is reminiscent of one of my favorite singers, uh, Carla Gell, who I happen to be friends with, who's a great liberal. Uh, uh, the former singer of Corrosion of Conformity and Leadfoot. Uh, you have a very, very. I, I was going to say, like. Yeah. High uh, praise, sir. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, you guys have power behind your voice, but there's compassion and almost like a sense of vulnerability here and there, which I really admire. That's a really hard thing to pull off as a singer, and you, my friend, have done it uh, magnificently. So uh, kudos to you and the rest of the guys in Red Tape Revolution. I cannot wait to hear more. I'm flattered and honored. Thank you for saying so. Full Aww. steady rotation on all the shows from here on out. And I apologize for the miscommunication because we were talking about, because I was like, ah, I want to play it. And then, you know, we, but, you know, I just, you know, misunderstood what, what, what we had talked about. But we got it going. It wasn't nearly the debacle of my uh, scoring system on my trivia uh, tonight. Um, <laughs> So, uh, but of course, the Electoral <laughs> College of Scoring. Ah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly yeah. what it was. <laughs> that's what you asked me to be here for. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, there you go. So, all right. So, welcome back, uh, Zelda, Michelle, Miles, and <laughs> Curtis, and uh, the Sues. Are you ready to talk a, a little bit uh, about your uh, generationals subjects, or do you want to hold that hold off until next week? Totally up to you. We got time. Um, it depends on if we have time. I mean. Oh, we definitely have time. Michelle can go. I mean, Michelle did uh, her trivia uh, game earlier. So, So, all right, I'm just gonna kind of throw this out at you guys. Um, Do you want? Do you want a a little a little setup? Like, I mean, you know, hey, maybe we're getting to know the generation. Getting to know it is. Getting to know all about you. Getting to like you. Getting to hold. All right, Susan. I think when you play that song, I think I want you to know that I want to grab a cat and waltz around the living room. (laughs) Who the hell does? But I don't have time for this. But I understand. Doctor's totally in on this. You know who I? You know who I blame for that? Columbus. I have. God damn you! All right, you can't blame everything on Corbus, right? Yes, we Maybe. can. He is our Maybe official scapegoat of geeky gals and guys. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, what happens? Um, 
when we talk about generations, it really gets on my nerves. Like, of course, it's NPR. NPR gets all excited because NPR is kind of made by baby boomers for baby boomers. And um, they kind of talk about baby boomers. They talk about the greatest generation. And they got excited about their grandchildren, which is uh, the millennials. Sure. But they just, they it's, it's immense how they skip every generation they're not involved in and they are a bigger generation like the the baby boomers are um considered 1946 born 1946 to 1964 yeah people are they horny are back 53 then. That's why today between age 53 and 71 and uh they kind of are supposed to have been born after world war ii and that's why it's a big generation boom because mm-hmm. all the guys came home from the war and they had babies lots of babies because oh, when people haven't the, seen mo- each other in a while babies. they have babies right yeah <laughs> yeah so, so you know uh well, you're like, my little oh, friend oh. got something jammed in here real good yep it's a baby no it's a fun sexy time for you <laughs> but um it seems like they skip the smaller generations and it's like um I had never heard, I kind of was like, I knew that my parents didn't quite fit into the baby boomer generation model, and I knew that they weren't the greatest generation because they went to, uh, because they weren't involved in World War II. Yeah, more Korea at that point. My dad was involved in Korea, yeah. So so when I was looking up the generation things, it's this thing called the silent generation. And the silent generation was ni- people born between 1925 and 1945. Mm-hmm. So these are people that, um, children of the Great De- Depression, of course I'm kind of grabbing from Wikipedia. Um, their parents were in the ro- involved in the Roaring Twenties, and um, they, they kind of went through World War II. But they were, you know, children. So they were, they had their army men and they were excited about patriotism, you know. But um, they saw the fall of the Nazism and nuclear bomb. So an experience, communism, things like that. But they're called the silent generation because they don't, they're not as, um, as rebellious as the baby boomers, I guess. Because they did experience World War II. Well, and, um, they did listen to that edgy motherfucker Pat Boone a lot. So, <laughs> that's yeah, that's what uh, that was. Um, but they are considered more thrifty and and miserly, you know. Yeah. Um, had children young, you know, really valued their family. Mm-hmm. But they um, they were more likely to be. Uh, you know, not as politically active. And they, they also entered the workforce at, at, force at a really peak time where yeah. businesses are just, you know, all the post-war businesses. And, um, you know, and... Well, they the were reaping the wards from... Ama- um, yeah, they were reaping the wards from American manufacturing that took off uh, in World War Two because uh, all those yeah. production plants, as Miles can... You know, tell you or anybody, uh, you know, but Miles especially, a lot of the production plants that were used to win the war went back to making goods 
uh, to get out, you know, and yeah, you know, from everything from you know uh, textiles to toys to you know appliances, things like that, cars, miles, you know, you probably know a little yep. bit about that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But the economy had to be retooled again. Yeah, but uh, hmm. Sue's again. Yeah, go ahead. But yeah, and so th- that's like kind of the the generation that isn't even it 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 I, it is not even talked about, and it's kind of interesting because they really did experience a good time to be working, a good mm-hmm. time to get into you know buying a home and and investing and blah blah blah. So, and and they also never talk about Generation X, which is like I think everybody here. Um, that's except for Zelda. You're Zelda, a, did you make the cut? Were you born I'm, in nineteen? I'm a was millennial. It it's nineteen sixty-five through nineteen seventy-nine is Generation X. I was born in eighty-three. Uh, yeah. Oh Lord. Okay. So she is a very. She's an older millennial. She likes to call herself. Well, that's what we are. Yeah. She celebrated We're not her life native. day. She celebrated her life day the same year we all got Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> January twelfth. Yeah. There you have it. And um, like I said, the the baby boomers like to talk about uh, the millennials a lot because that's their grandchildren, and they just. I, I would add to that, though, Susan. They actually almost always say terrible things about us. So I'd like to know what NPR it is you're listening to. Well. Where you hear compliments about us. Because usually it's that we're tanking the real estate market because of avocado toast or something. So I, I'm not <laughs> familiar with this criticism that you get to hear I, or the compliments. I would like to hear them. That would That's Thank amazing. you. Here uh. is, is the millennials are like, why are you charging three times as much for rent or the purchase of home ownership than you paid? Well, yeah, we have a problem with that. This is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It is. It's greedy. Mm-hmm. And then it, our and student it's also, loans are also about uh, quintuple what what they yeah. ever had. They never had loans, so uh-uh. ridiculous. But at the same time, they in, enjoy taking money from people, um, and, and they do completely I, ignore you guys. I think yeah, the I think the silent generation also had a large part to play in what was the silent majority in the eighties. Yeah, as well. it is. It is. And and also fed into what they from what they learned from like the Red Scare <clears throat> and stuff like that and you know, duck duck and cover and all that shit. I think what they did is they once all that stuff was like, okay, well, it looks like, you know, we're not going to get nuked, even though there was a resurgence of that idea in the 80s, yeah. with like that TV show The Day After and stuff like that. I think uh, a, a lot, lot of... A lot of fear of, in that. I remember yeah, that in, in Yeah, that, that scarred me. That scarred the, the yeah, shit out of me. Yeah, it did. A friend of mine called them I the think, Cold Warriors. I heard that, and I just thought you'd appreciate it. Cold oh, Warriors. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, uh, but... I think what they did is they took those cold, those those Cold War, you know, Red Scare tech, uh, tactics that were used that kind of indoctrinated them into thinking communism, the greatest evil the world has ever seen, you know, yeah. and and now it's socialism, Marxism, Alinskyites, uh, Soros, all that. 
that a lot of folks from that generation, I think, have, have used that to apply it to pop culture, like the Satanic Panic, which Michelle and I love talking about all the time from the 80s, um, because it was such a just a gross, weird time. Family values. You know, How dare yeah, you? Family, family values, values, the Satanic Panic. We were <laughs> even watching a story, uh, uh, you know, uh, we were watching one of our yeah. stories. We were watching a documentary. Um, about uh, the scary stories uh, we tell each other in the dark. You know, the author of yeah. those, I forget his name. But the, uh, conservatives were trying to get that book banned from libraries uh, in the 80s and 90s, or the early 90s. And I, I think... So, so anyway, yeah, I, but I, I just... Silent Generation has yeah. to do with PR... PMRC, I can't think of the word. Yeah, that, yeah, PMRC, um, and you know PMRC all that stuff. All Absolutely, that, all that. Let's let's ban this, ban this. Yeah. I mean, you don't you don't hear as much it's things should scary. be banned as yeah as so, you do now. So, but yeah, uh, but uh, I, I mean, it, it is it, it is a fascinating thing because well, I guess we kind of have a personal connection to this uh, on, in both of our families. Uh, because, you know, we, we both have, uh, you know, people we, we knew and loved from that generation. And, yeah. um, it, it, it's fascinating because they are not talked about that much, but they actually had a pretty big impact on our culture. Yeah. Which most of us well, would believe to be bad. <laughs> and other points you know. from, um, that that generation that they also you know believed very heavily in family values and and this that and marriage and everything like that but they yeah. did change the divorce laws in America considerably oh you know now here's a, here's a question oh, though here's a question do you think uh, it, it strikes me that maybe like a lot of beatnik culture and pop artists also would have f fallen into this category that you know got big in the '60s and '70s. Yeah, yeah, I think people before born between 1925 and 1945. Yeah, yeah. The pre beatnik was would be pre baby boomer and pre hippie. Yeah, yeah. So 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 there there is a, at least that kind of positive, uh, um, you know, uh, cultural. Con contribution from them you know lenny bruce yeah. definitely wasn't a baby boomer right yeah so. no no he was a beat totally um just not afraid but, but yeah uh, they would um yeah go ahead uh, when, when you're listening to npr they're just kind of like oh these you know the, the millennials are yeah they're they're saddled with tons of debt they're saddled with tons of debt for their schooling which they believed in and yeah. you know which the the you know previous generations just kind of take for them for rent forever and take for them for their schooling yeah. and their loans and 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 it's ridiculous yeah and and they're finally saying I, I at least applaud the millennia uh, the millennials for saying you know I I don't need a car all right you're gonna be that way you're gonna make it things so expensive I don't need a car I don't need to pay for it. Sure. Fix it. I, I can live in the city again, you know. And then yeah. um, there was lots of things on on the radio about, oh, these millennials are coming back into the city and living here and having apartments. And it's like, yeah, my generation kind of done that for a while, you know. 
But, so. yeah, but I, you know, and apparently they're, they're not just not buying cars. They refuse to buy uh, submarines with toilets in them as well. People are flushing toilets 10 times, 15 well, times. There's only two toilets, and one of them's actually a linen closet. You can go fuck yourself with that. I'm not buying it, Ken. <laughs> no, it's a bean locker. <laughs> no, I call my own. I call my regular toilet the bean locker. Oh, I've been right. vegetarian for 32 years. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that's the bean locker. Bean Trust me. Sometimes I've, it's the wine locker too, if you know what I mean. But I hear that. So. Smelled the bean locker. Or bean locker. It's the bean <laughs> locker. Oh, uh, is that like the hurt locker? Uh. Is that the hurt locker? Why? Yes. Why was Not I so bad? Feel pain. Not if, if it's spicy, maybe. I mean, yeah. just like it. Sorry, oh, yeah. Susan. I'm sorry. No, that's and, I. I actually, I want to play that drop one. Why? Why was I programmed to feel pain? There you go. Uh, and, and just what sort of legumes are in the bean locker? I'm sorry. Hopefully not fava. <laughs> fa- Completely fava black and soybean for me. I don't care for the others. Uh, oh. You don't want fava? No. Ugh. Um. No. Yuck. Yuck. No lentils. In a fine can. Mm. Fava beans are All right, delightful. And peanuts, sure. Or legumes, excuse me. Fa- fava beans are delightful. We used to go get uh, 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 to Aladdin's and get the fool is what it was called. It was made of fava beans. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever had fool. It's not spelled like F-O-O-L. I forget how to spell it, but that's how it's pronounced. And they always served it with pita bread. So every time we got it, I'd like uh, take the pita and dip it and say, I pita the fool. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, how do we talk about... We're back on beans. <laughs> yep, that was a good time. Anyway, yeah. Suze, anything else you want to add uh, before we wrap up the program tonight? No, that's that's all, that's all I got. I just kind of yeah. wanted to throw that out at you. Yeah. And, and, uh, we yeah. will definitely revisit that. And, uh, and yeah. uh, 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 other uh, future guests on the program... Um, well, we need to get Paul on. We need to get uh, Trojan Rabbit on the show. Uh, soon to uh, because I want I want to do top five Star Trek lists for this program and Star Wars lists. Looking at you, Trisec. Joe Santorso will definitely uh, get in on that too. But Joe, we're in talks with Joe to get him on, and I want him. Uh, Kenny, uh, can I'll, I call I'll, dibs on Deep Space Nine? I don't. Yeah, that's yeah. If it, yeah, no it one else is series. going to. Okay, it look, could be any series. Yeah. I don't care. I don't know how many Star Trek fans there are on here, but let's be honest. I watched Deep Space Nine too. So you know, uh, I can talk all day about the you know the Frangi and the Kardashians. <laughs> Kardashians, I know. I, I watch your poor mouth. I watch you watch your old man. <laughs> I have you know that I dressed up for Halloween one year as Chetsia Dax. So there you go. Oh, yeah. So you were, oh, gosh, oh, gosh. And I you. You were a, you were a. I was Julian Bashir one time. A trill? Very nice. So you were a trill, Michelle, right? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, very good. Symbiotic relationship with the big slug. Like those things. It's weird because Miles was the symbiote and he just hung around. (laughs) He was, he was like a little papoose. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> he had to crawl into the pocket of a hoodie. Yeah. Oh, very nice. So, uh, But yeah, we're going we're gonna to do uh, some list shows soon. It's going to be fun. I'm um, looking forward to that. But yeah, we, so yeah, Paul, I don't know if you're still listening. Definitely want to get you on. Uh, Miles, uh, I think we should, we should uh, partner up with Trisec and figure out how we want to do Star Trek lists. You know. 
favorite dro- favorite droids, favorite, you yep. know. Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's what I meant. Star Wars. God, am I that guy now? Did I do that? Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Shit. Uh, yeah, here, let me play this uh, quick clip from uh, uh, Han Solo. Great Scott, what is that? No. <laughs> so. Anyway, uh, but yeah, you so know Miles. Who I blame? Uh, you know who I blame? Always. Columbus! God damn you! But yeah, so Miles, we need to come up with some Star Trek lists. Uh, I will uh, defer to you on uh, or Star Wars. I said it again. God bless America. <laughs> Star Trek, Star Wars. You know, phaser, laser. <sighs> no, I never. I never. I never. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Space 1999. I mean, Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Well, Space 1999. Hey, Babylon 5 in there, too, and really messed things up. Uh no I I salvage one uh but anyway uh yeah so uh, Miles Star Wars lists uh, I would like your help on that and uh, Joe and I maybe will work on Star Trek ones and Twilight Zone I think that would be fun so uh all right parting shots we are at the ten o'clock hour here on the Eastern Seaboard well not really. Well, some of us are. Not me. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, Curtis, what's your parting shot? Parting shot is this week, and I didn't want to get into it, but I got to mention it. So those of you that aren't in a know uh, right now, uh, it, it, right now, it, it really depressing to me that Gina Carano has dropped off my list of people that I held in something in the way of high esteem and it sort of damages my experience looking forward to Mandalorian because she's a total shit person uh, oh no you know, what did she do oh, yeah absolutely Pedro Pascal was uh, trying to explain to her about pronouns and why people have them in their names and so she decided to take to fucking Twitter and tweet out a bunch of crazy bullshit. Then you go down deeper in the rabbit hole and you find out not only is she an anti-masker, anti-vax, also a Trump supporter, and you're like, ah, you're a fucking garbage person. (laughs) (laughs) Go sink a sub, turd girl. Yeah. So, and like, like, like I... I posted in chat earlier and, and, and on social media, you know, uh, getting punched in the face a whole bunch didn't damage her exterior any, but inside she's ugly and mm. shitty. Yeah, so because so, she was an MMA uh, person, right? That's what I have. To, yeah, she was. Yeah. It, she was completely badass. And yeah, that but, sucks. Uh, sorry. All right, that'll do it for us. Uh, We'll see everybody next Sunday right here on Geeky Gals and Guys. Please check out Paul's Memory Bank tomorrow, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on Radio for Humans. And turn off the night uh, this Tuesday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. All that you knew is gone. The end of the world, perhaps. Even worse. Game over, man. Game over. Fasten all seatbelts. Seal all entrances and exits. Close all shops in the mall. Cancel the free-range circus. Secure all animals in the zoo. The state will self-destruct in five seconds. Five. Get out! Get out of there!